0: Welcome to the Dive Bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks, episode one. Uh, Again, I'm at Ref Marsh with me today to talk about Royal Rumble and the fallout. It's Marv! Marv's here today to talk about the fallout! I guess also we have Bishop. Bishop, what's going on, man? What's
1: up, dude? I'm sorry to disappoint the audience who thought that Marv was finally going to get a seat.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a a lot of comments about about the kicking Marv out of the out of the seat to make room for you. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, is I don't want to take
1: Marv's seat because he sits on your hand and I'm not looking forward to that instance.
0: I'm getting really good at the, the finesse of that situation. You won't be uncomfortable. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well look if it does happen um you know just buy me dinner first
0: yeah get a drink get a drink in you yeah. yeah what's in your yeah. glass what are you drinking what can i get you round? Um, it's
1: window? it's not about what you're drinking it's about whose hands going in your ass <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah <laughs>
1: absolutely um a little uh coffee and tequila um yeah and then i have some water to calm it down and then just in case the coffee gets kicked out a little uh little zo on the side
0: yeah. i uh i was going to do coffee tequila realized i'm out of tequila so i have coffee here i've been drinking is coffee vodka very good it's probably can't be bad
1: um you're the alcohol expert
0: yeah It's just not as, the thing is, is once you've had like coffee with Taramana in it, and it's such a heightened experience coffee, it's got to add that little spice to it, then like just throwing in some, some flat vodka is like, "Mm, it's fine. Uh, but so what I did do is I also made for sake of the, of the day, my 2019 Royal Rumble Cup, I made myself a little Moscow Mule, got some vodka in there. We found some, uh, producer lady found some, uh, um keto friendly ginger beer which is really cool because the ginger beers are a little thicker a little more gingery than just a ginger soda or ginger ale um so i'm excited to try it Ginger pop good ginger pop yeah yeah it's a little heavier that way so i'm excited about it to have a zero carb zero sugar one nice i'm gonna have some of that too i'm gonna have some of that nice
1: for the sake of saying it out loud i've been meaning to ask you off air about your whole uh because your boy needs some help on some ketoing but
0: you know yeah we can day. do it man um okay, it's pretty on? it's pretty good it's pretty easy uh the other thing i mean especially nowadays there's so much keto stuff to be honest so yeah. I, I was doing fat december i put on well over 10 pounds in december i was weighing myself before and after for the fun of it um and I was I was around 192 or so when I started December by the time I didn't even weigh myself the last week of December or the first the first few days of January. So I could have easily been going up a little bit, but I was like 206. So I'd put on like good 14 pounds um, within the first two weeks on January. I was back down to 193. So um, it's once your body's kind of into it, it's into it. Producer Lady's been doing it for the whole month so far. I think it's been uh it's been nice she thought she never could because she's so obsessed with carbs and potatoes and stuff like that (laughs) but there's so many variations we have of so many other things that there is no potato substitute i'll say that right now
1: yeah yeah no i like i lack willpower and discipline i'm great with uh fasting i can go all day until like three o'clock without eating, have my first meal be like all meat and everything. There's just an issue where I don't necessarily, and I don't do carb drinks. If I have, um, like I get the sugar-free energy drink, I get, I don't even drink soda like that. And if I do, it's Sprite zero. Cause Sprite zero is amazing. Mm. Um, but other than that, like, I get tripped up on alcohol and I might get lost in the moment and just say, fuck it and get five guys. But, um, I know keto has more to do with a balance of your intakes as opposed to just being completely carb restrictive. So, well, we can talk later about that. There's been so much wrestling. Um, people don't want to hear two fat guys talk about the inability to lose weight. That's
0: a good point. It's a good point. But uh, I will say that with most things in life, it's all about uh, uh, figuring out your balance. And with me, a 90-10 lifestyle in, in something like keto is good. If 90% of the time you're doing it right, then the other 10% of the time, it doesn't matter what you're doing at all. Um, so if, if if it comes down to once a month, you go fuck. It, I'm going Five Guys, fucking whatever. Go to Five Guys, man. Uh, just make sure that the rest of the week you're not, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. Royal Rumble happened this past weekend, which was relatively exciting. We went and oh, yeah. we did it over with Gabe, alumni from the show back when we were in in studio show which was kind of funny. He messaged me shortly before that too. That's kind of how we got in the conversation that led us over there was, uh, he was just looking at old clips from the show. I don't know why or when or what had happened, but he was looking at old clips and laughing. And he's like, man, that set was something special. And I was like, it really was. I think that so much about what made us in the beginning. we had pretty high numbers in the beginning our first watch along had over a thousand viewers, it was insane. Oh, that's awesome. It was insane. But I think that a lot of it had to do was we looked so different than everything else that was out, out there. And the chemistry was live and in 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 the moment. And I think that there was a there was a, a magic to there that's a little lost in the in the post pandemic era of everyone kind of doing these screens like this. This is great and this is awesome and this is easy. And you're in you're in Delaware. Ugh. I'm in Arizona. Like we're able to do this and have this conversation every week, and that's great. Yeah, There is something that was a little special about that. So we want to kind of like relive the magic a little bit. So we went over to his house, watched it on his big screen. And dude, we got lost in it. Were you lost in the show? Um, Well, number one,
1: I saw the video of you guys watching the end of Royal Rumble. And I was to myself calling you guys all kinds of slanderous names. And then I, I to your point, I remembered how, how much... My son was into the Royal Rumble because we watched it as a as a family, and the 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 fir- the met the way the show started, the first thirty man Royal Rumble, like the the way of getting lost into this pay per view. I said it for the whole week. I was like, you know what? If he's going to stay up to watch any pay per view, and he went to limit or um to uh extreme rules, so mm-hmm. he's been up that late before. So, but any pay per view, this is the one everyone says it's always. The one to watch and and i was like you know of the 30 people that come out he's gonna know like 25 of them easily yeah every single time and because it was the long ramp he's so amped up before they get in the ring and then all of a sudden 10 9 8 and then the next one comes out and so yeah just getting lost in the pay-per-view is such a great feeling such it a great is. feeling. So I got lost in it too by watching him, and then some cool shit was happening. And then I was like, I was back to being just a fan again. So much fun.
0: Yeah. It was hard to critique some of it just because I was so lost in it. I remember.
1: Yes. Yes. I, yes. And I just, I want to cut in real quick. Correct. Because I even watched it back again, and my critiques went away. So mm-hmm. it was by far a, not a perfect pay per view, but when when I was on such a high to the lows that did come around during that high, I went back and watched and I go, Oh, that wasn't that bad. So it turned out to be more like a B plus to me than it was like, you know, maybe like a B minus may, it might even been an A minus pay-per-view to be honest, but like, um, it, it just, it ranked higher on second watch than it even did on the first and I got lost in it on the first one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, because even when I was watching it, Kev was sending me critiques, and we were basically Who? only shit. Kev, Kevlar? Who's that guy? Alum. Uh, Alumni. Uh. Uh, <laughs> we were uh, basically just, like, shit-talking the things we didn't like so much. And then every now and again, we'd be like, okay, that was badass, that was badass. But it was a whole lot of, like, we're getting real nitpicky. But then, like, I'd put my phone down and forget again and just be in it. Like, yeah, and it was kind of funny with those videos, too, because we... We got a 12-pack of Pitch Black Zero Sugar and vodka, and it was a 1.75-liter bottle of vodka. And we're like, we'll have this, and we'll have some of that, and we'll have it later, and it'll last a while. The three of us crushed the whole bottle and the whole 12-pack of sodas. We'd even said, there's no way we're drinking 12 sodas tonight between the three of us. Right. But we brought it. And there's no right. way we're drinking this all this vodka. But we brought it just so you don't run out. And then we ran out. And I was like, nice. this is a good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, dude, I, I mean, we've one of the reasons we didn't like to do a ton of reaction videos and watch-alongs and drink-alongs in general was because the, I, I'm pretty subdued most of the time. I watch stuff yeah. pretty low energy. And so when something's exciting, I kind of like my eyes will go big and I'll go, oh, and that's kind of it. We were drinking and we were having fun and me and Gabe were picking on each other and the energy was up and it became really easy to start jumping up and start getting excited. And it felt like I was live again in a way. You know what I mean? Like it was really cool. So uh, it was funny and I'm glad producer lady caught a bunch of videos and posted them on her Instagram and Twitter yeah. and all that. <laughs> yeah, um, it was fun. There was even somebody who tweeted at us during the thing. I'll oh, keep these reaction videos coming. And so she's oh, like, cool. oh, got to give the people what they want. And so she started yeah, recording. Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fun. And it was really cool. Um, before we get all the way into the Rumble, there was a few things that happened on SmackDown leading into the Rumble that I do want to talk about. And so secondary. But this tag team tournament. I told you before. That like I was really not into them throwing the Banger Brothers into this, which apparently, yeah. supposedly, rumorly, they're not going to call them Banger Brothers anymore, although they did call them that on Rumble because apparently it's too close to Bang Bros. Um, Even Seamus tweeted out, uh,
1: so long, the Banger Bros. Uh, we are now, and then lowercase t on the Banger Bros. So I guess Banger Bros is good, but the Banger Bros isn't. Either way, I think they're going to come up with an actual name because it's just tongue in cheek. And they they danced around it on Rumble, too, because they said, yeah. you know, and, and the way that was structured, that whole segment was amazing. But we'll get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk that, too. Uh, and to be honest, the Rumble kind of bought me in more to them as a tag team than I was watching them as a tag team. Yes. yeah, Yes. Watching them as a tag team did not feel as good about them being partnered up as watching them as solo guys in the rumble helping each other out yes and felt
1: more realistic yeah just to stay on this particular point um there wasn't even the threat of every man to themselves they wanted to work together in the rumble
0: yes which is also awesome because yes so many times they've done a little bit better the last year or two but so many times you have two tag team Guys end up in the rumble and they go what? and then start fighting and you go why mm-hmm. would they fight if they're not the last two? Right. Right. Like I remember, Kev brings it up almost every year because he hates it so bad. The year that Demolition was like number one and number two, and they just fought each other like crazy until they were, until the next people came out and stuff. And it's like why wouldn't you wait? Like, right? You right. have thirty guys to get through. You're the first two. The least you can do is wait. Like, right? Do best even you can the as year.
1: Even the year Brock Lesnar did it and he was throwing everyone out. Shelton Benjamin came out and he turned on him so quick. It's like you have an ally to help you to get into like till 25 comes out. You know, like you can you can take this two man as far as you want. It's definitely they got they got rid of a couple tropes this year. And even um, uh, Corey Graves calling it out about uh, why is it when somebody's getting pushed over the top rope? You wouldn't help the person you don't like to get them out. You know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You know, it's like, um, I, I enjoyed a lot of that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, but that's Rumble. Be- that's Rumble. Yes, that was Rumble, and we're almost there. Uh, the So, so Drew and, and Sheamus on SmackDown get jumped by the Viking Raiders, and then they decide that they don't want to fight for the tag titles anymore, and they're just going to leave the tournament altogether. And so Braun and Ricochet take their place. And now they're in the finals against Imperium. I don't hate Braun and Ricochet as a tag team. I really don't. But this is a weird way to go about this. And I don't know if I love the idea of... I mean, who would you put the tag titles on? if not? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But we have Braun and Ricochet as an official tag team now. And they're doing their thing. And I, I think that that's generally pretty cool. Uh, and we'll see how that one kind of turns out. Cause you know, it kind of was what it was a lot of all the matches on SmackDown were really good. Uh, the other thing that happened on there, which was, well, there was two things that happened on there. One LA Knight coming out with the Bray music, the little tiny, stupid little lantern. It, it, the back and forth with LA Knight and Bray. I really liked on that one. I really liked it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we, we, we talked to this from the beginning and, and, it'll it'll culminate when we talk about the match on Royal Rumble the their ability to get us there we yeah. knew was going to happen it started off rocky and we we said it back on episode 1 not sure where this is going but if any two guys can get us there it's these two and that's that's all i saw and you know the commentary did a great job trying to explain how stupid LA Knight is for doing this um mm-hmm. Even on uh, on Rumble, they gave him credit for being able to be such a fantastic talker. How can he ever be in position to to lose? You know, so if anyone gets it on how to get us there, it is L.A. Knight. And I thought the the Bray imitation has been spot on from the beginning. You know, yeah. calling out the clunkiness of Bray's promos, the uh, the um, inconsistency in his character work. He you know he pokes those holes in the short story of the long story that Bray tells it's phenomenal.
0: It is. And it's awesome because it also grounds the Wyatt character, which is so supernatural. Humanizes. Yeah. 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 And there's so much about it that you just kind of go, well, it's just Bray and he's kind of spooky and eerie and supernatural. So sometimes I guess it just, and people have even, I forget what it was. There was a special that was about, I think it was the NXT uh, combine thing and it showed a bunch of interviews of people talking about Bray people talking about how cool his promos were and a lot of them were just like I mean it showed a bunch of like you know Bailey and Charlotte and it was like we never knew what he was saying but we were captivated by everything he was saying because he always talks in these weird kind of riddles and things which I think also lends to that whole supernatural concept of like we're very forgiving of the Bray character if you're into him because we allow the supernatural to fill in the blanks Right, LA Knight poking holes in a lot of that being like you're full of shit dude you're saying this you're saying that you're doing this you're back and forth brings the reality to Wyatt that you can kind of go like yeah I guess an LA Knight would see right through him and not be afraid of him but that doesn't mean that Bray doesn't have more to, to, to pull out of his sleeve you know Um, oh and then this is where Sammy shows up Jay tells him he better get out of here jay ends up calling sammy saying hey we got kicked out you need to come back because that comes back later obviously uh and then the only other thing and we'll get into the rumble was lacey evans finally um having a match she had a match with jasmine Lure from the indie scene who i think is uh very good uh mission pro
1: wrestling i believe she was a champ there um yeah yeah she's outstanding
0: yeah she's really good uh and even in this match, she was doing really well. Like, her bumps yeah. were great.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Incredibly Lacey. athletic and, and really young, too. So mm-hmm. Exactly. I uh, picked the good one.
0: Was This match fell short, I thought. Lacey was not as impressive as I thought. She was doing better before. You know what I mean? Like, there was a while where she was, like, doing really well in ring and the character wasn't coming together. This is where the character seems to be a lot more suited to her and the in rings completely fallen off.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to reserve judgment, but I'll give you my take because that's what we're here for. I think we both, I think everybody wants the same thing for Lacey, right? We want Mm -hmm. the actual, we want her to actualize her potential as, Uh, a pro wrestler and now that she has the character which it she hasn't quite had since the original sassy southern belle Mm um that i can wait three four weeks to see if she gets the ring rust off of her and become as good as she is but if this character pulls her away from being able to wrestle then that's that's a dichotomy I don't think we can ever fix with her that she mm. can only focus on one that's a lacy problem um so I hear you though because she definitely seemed to lose something and I don't know what that is yet but if we if we're if we're having the same conversation in a couple of weeks from now um maybe on episode one we'll see where we're at by then you know there's a chance that she just may never have it hmm She has the look, she has the athleticism, she has the ability to speak. She's one of the few women who are very direct when they talk. You know, she doesn't necessarily, like you, um, like her, her pitch is, is high, is deeper. So you can, you can hear everything she's saying without getting kind of lost in the words, Mm -hmm. but she never nails the character. Yeah. And if if she just if if it doesn't all come together, then she just might not have it.
0: Yeah. And we were watching this one too, because we were really excited about all the stuff leading up to this. And it's like you said, if it could be a lazy problem if she's focusing too much on one not the other. And I get the ideas like, hey, are we getting ring rust off? But I also think that if you're I mean I would think if you know you're coming back and you know that you're not injured yeah. and you know you're working on character, that you would be having a bunch of matches off tv in a warehouse somewhere just to make sure you don't go out there and look like it's their first match that you've had in eight months right you know what i mean like why wouldn't you be two three times a week two two or three times a week running through a full-on match with somebody let's just go to the fucking performance center let's go to fucking natty's house let's go anywhere that has a ring and just do a full-on match as though we're on tv you know like yeah not just run drills like this, but like you said, I hope that, I hope that last thing clicks. I even really like her voice, just the sound of her voice. That slight raspiness, I think is a really unique sound that to me, I'm all like, yeah, keep talking. Like, yeah. Yeah. And instead you can get,
1: you can get lost in the story she's telling, even though she doesn't necessarily have a run where there's a, a lot of women who promo that you get lost in the sound of their voice that you don't quite get with their, they're bringing out like Dana Brooks, one of those where you know. And no offense, I, I I enjoy her as a performer, but when she's on her promos, you're like, what are you even talking about? Yeah, you know. And 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 I think uh, I think Lacey can come off a lot, just a lot stronger. She did great, honestly. She was at her best promo wise when she was with Baron Corbin when they did that yeah. whole thing leading to Seth and Becky. But oh, and her in ring was there too, but she had no character. There was no depth behind her. So the mm-hmm. how she's going to mix those three? I mean again I, I i think everyone realizes what she can be um we just got to see it
0: yeah um she also did something that came up later on on raw too the the idea of having multiple finishers to close out somebody like she did the women's right and then the cobra clutch it kind of weakens them both to me to to have your finish go lead into another finish at some point it's all like are you really nailing it down or are you just unsure that any single one can do it uh Like Cody finishing off the match on Raw, and we'll jump around a little bit. He hit Finn with three three crossroads. Yeah, yeah. we have have we seen a single match of Cody's where he's one by one crossroads? Well, he's only had four matches, so he had a couple in between. Because, but I mean, how many? How many did we even finish? Did he finish his match with KO? The one that he had? Did he finish? Some of these were getting interrupted. You know, like yeah. But every match with Seth, it was multiple crossroads. We haven't really established that it's a very strong finish. And I feel like that when you see it, you goes, oh, he hit it once. That's probably not enough. He usually needs to hit it three times. That was one of the problems I had with, with Adam Cole for a long time. He never finished on one. Yeah.
1: Well, like, take the rock, for instance, right? It's rock bottom or spine buster into people's elbow. And the things that happened in between him landing that to the elbow it it allows for drama right you have mm-hmm. the opportunity for drama but when you back to back it like i love the deep six i think the deep six is one of the best somebody put that on twitter too yeah. what's one of the best non-finishing moves in the business i'm like deep six by far the moves oh, fucking yeah, it's amazing so yeah. it's it's it just that and the blue thunder prof- bomb yeah the blue thunder bomb too except yeah, i didn't want to good. mention that one because of course you would tag it with while it finishes AJ um every time aj (laughs) (laughs) but yeah they they look awesome um but how many times can you see it if it doesn't hit the problem i would have with the women's right in the cobra clutch is you have two knockout moves back to back right cobra Clutch is supposed to incapacitate your opponent through pain to where they could pass out but if you do a women's right that's your knockout punch they're not supposed and if they tap out to the cobra clutch now you're you're telling me, oh, your knockout punch doesn't knock them out anymore. You actually no got weaker. So yeah. I agree with you. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, the way New Japan tweeted out when uh, Roman kicked out of the, the um, Styles Clash. You don't have to protect the finisher for five years. You don't have to make it a one and done every time. But you shouldn't, to your point, weaken it for the sake of. Um, yeah. If the women's right was your finisher for so long and now it's a setup move, that's a tough one to come back from yeah
0: yeah and i do think that you should protect finishers for five years i really do like the only person to ever kick out of corbin's um end of days and the days drew. was
1: McIntyre. yeah
0: yeah and it just was the one time no one's done it since yeah. like yeah you have to be and that makes drew look like more of a badass especially if he ever comes up against corbin can corbin put drew away last time he kicked out of the end of days no one else has drew's more strong than most people you know what i mean yeah. like That's the thing,
1: though the the beauty of The Rock hitting Austin with three rock bottoms at at nineteen was to put the nail in the coffin to their story. Yeah, it was a poetry to that. Yes, Cody doing it on Raw is not.
0: No, it just was. I want to do my move three times, and didn't even make sense. So, yeah, I don't I don't love when we're when we're doubling up all that stuff, really, especially early on. Like, yeah, and there's been so much of that. Like, we're I mean, like, so some of these people, they've been around for 16, 20 years, but have only been on WWE TV for like two. And they want to pretend that the finish that was protected in New Japan is really well established here now. And it's like it just isn't. Right, know? right. Um. So let's talk Rumble, dude. It did open up with the men's Royal Rumble, which I thought was crazy. Because yeah. I can't remember the last time. I don't know if it's ever opened the show. I don't think uh, so. The,
1: the first year of the women, I believe they let the women close the show. And the year, was that the year Rhonda came out? So yeah. That, yeah. That was the women closed the show then. Um, I'm not sure if they did it otherwise, but yeah.
0: But did the Rumble open the show? Because I think that oh, there was a match. They or two might have, yeah, you're
1: right. It may have been in the middle. It may, the Rumble may have been in the middle at the time. Yeah.
0: I feel like that they did, like, I feel like a world title opened to that one. It's possible. But they opened the show, and I was like, oh, shit. Here we go. Here we go. Let's do this. And so, uh, I mean, I think part of the reason, too, that I got so lost in it was that this was an easy rumble to get lost in, and it set the pace for the whole show. Like, it was such a feel-good on every account. Let me see. As you run through some of the names of these things, uh, we can obviously talk about some of their... Pluses and minuses, I suppose. I'm not going to run through all 30 people, but no, uh, slow did...
1: yourself down. Slow yourself down. What? It didn't open with the rumble. What opened? It opened with the return of Pat McAfee. Oh yeah. You cannot gloss over that, my friend.
0: That was huge, dude. That was big. I,
1: I tell you this, and I mean the boozies, right? When we did the yep. boozies. The amount of things that we as a collective got correct on what we wanted to see next year and how Mm. we wanted things to go. I mean, or even in because even Raw with Boogs coming back, shouts to um Grim. You know, he was like, I need Boogs, and Boogs comes back on Raw. But the only person I wanted to come back that was out of the company was Pat McAfee. And he starts off Rumble. I tell you this, I listened to Pat McAfee's podcast. Uh, the, you know, the day after a show every day when he talked to Michael Cole about it and they played the clip and I'm listening to to McAfee and Cole and the clip of what happened and Cole's natural reaction to it because Cole didn't know. I started getting emotional
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you allow your these guys. <laughs> Cole's been doing it for 26 fucking years. McAfee is my age. You know, even Corey Graves and how he was selling it. When you get lost in this shit. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking art form, man. Like, it's just like watching a movie that makes you cry or makes you laugh or makes you angry or makes you sad. It's a fucking art form, man. And to listen to these guys have a genuine emotional reaction, especially Cole and the joy he was at. It made me emotional. I was, I got teary-eyed and everything. I'm like, wow, these guys really do fucking care for each other. And to listen to McAfee explain how much it meant to him for the crowd to act the way they did, and the conversations he had with the wrestlers beforehand, and the the natural reaction that Cole had for his friendship, it's fucking beautiful, man. And and McAfee's one of us, man. He's one of the best wrestling fans ever, and he has nothing but respect for us as fans, and wants to do the best he can for us. It's fucking incredible.
0: Yeah, and actually, is absolutely something that we should not gloss over because. How big is it? The first thing you see is you see Corey and Michael on the fucking table. They're setting up the show and all of a sudden, boom, Pat McAfee. They're opening the show with Pat McAfee's music. They cut over and Michael Cole jumps out of his seat and he's like smiling because he's like, oh my God, like, is he really coming out here? Uh, I mean, also big shout out to Corey Graves for staying in character because there's no thousand way for percent. You know what I mean? Because Corey had, to, had no idea and had to act pissed. How would Corey Graves, the character, (laughs) respond to McAfee coming over to take his shine? Not how does Matt feel about Pat McAfee coming out and being able to sit next to him on commentary. You know what I mean? Like, he had to sit in that and and right away. Like, oh, my God. I was so impressed by Corey because the camera kept cutting to him and he was just more and more mad. This is bullshit. You must have known about this. Yeah. Fuck both (laughs) of you guys. Don't come over here. I love that Matty even goes over to shake his hand, and then he's like, "Can't do it, can't do it." <laughs> but walks the other and way. And even Corey, Corey's like, "I'm begrudgingly going to. I, I really don't want to."
1: And then he he does, and they go to do the gentleman's handshake in wrestling, right? The one we hear yeah. about where you do the the low soft touch, and you can see them both kind of set them up for it. And then right as right as Corey submits, Pat pulls away. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. And they that's what? all ad lib. They knew nothing about it. I mean, Pat said yeah. that he landed 28 minutes before you saw him on TV uh michael cole said i introduced the rumble and when i heard your music i didn't know if you were entrant one or a Mm. commentator until i saw your blazer when i saw the jacket i go oh my god he's coming to the desk michael cole knew literally 45 seconds before pat sat down that he was doing commentary with pat all night isn't that fucking crazy it's insane
0: uh sam roberts was talking about it he was there um uh, he talked about it on his podcast about how he was backstage the whole time, never saw or heard from, from Pat, didn't know, had no idea either. And he's like, and he was all around down backstage. Um, so yeah, that was a really well kept secret, and it's really that big and powerful because we've talked about it being live at like a SmackDown McAfee comes out before the show, and there's an energy in the room that shows when he comes through that he brings. Who, what commentator? gets a literal entrance for the live event, for the premium yeah. live event. Yeah, Like, that's how we're going to open it. Pat McAfee's here on commentary. Hey, hey, 50,000 people in the audience. This guy's going to be sitting at that desk, and you won't hear him all night. And they go yeah. lose their shit. Oh, my God. He's going to be down there talking the whole night. We won't hear a word of it. Woo! Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, that's how much point. energy he brings. That The idea that he's going to be voiceless to the crowd yeah and they're still psyched for everyone at home you guys are uh, so fucking lucky you get to hear him all night you know
1: yeah anyone anyone listening marsh even yourself go to mcafee's show on monday he explains the whole thing how he was like you guys don't because he he's really close with nick Khan. uh they were at caa at the same time he explains everything um He's uh, kind of close. They were in passing, but he is a direct contact. And Nick Khan is telling him, like, dude, we're going to introduce you. He's like, I'm a commentator. You don't introduce yeah. a commentator. And Michael Cole's like, you're a megastar. You know, like, yeah. and, you know, and McAfee's like, you know, I don't want to go in the Rumble because then I take shine from someone else. And, he's, you know, do you really want to introduce a commentator? And Nick Khan's like, try Nick Khan had to convince him that it was going to work. And he's like, wait a second. You're going to introduce me before anything else when the show starts, like I get it before the show starts, we get our entrances, Mm blah, 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 but you're going to kick off the show with me. Are you kidding me? Why would you do that? And then as you see, um, and he even said it, there is, there is a difference from when they are being introduced before the show to when the show actually starts. And he said that energy was crazy, but yeah, go back and listen to it. He, he explains the story top to bottom. Uh, They had a plane delay and all that shit. So um yeah it was it's it's amazing and I'm glad he's back. Um they both my just to to throw it out there uh Michael Cole and Pat McAfee both said they don't know what's going on uh as far as what's next for Pat McAfee. The only thing that they talked about in WWE was that uh was the Rumble thing. So um but he's a natural man and and to see him back at Rumble
0: I'm so fucking glad. It was so cool. I even messaged uh, Sports Beard right away and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, dude, they're opening the Rumble giving McAfee an entrance." just to go sit on commentary and i was like we've got pat for the rumble and he was all like oh shit he goes i had no idea he goes because beard doesn't miss a single word that mcafee says if he's right. on live somewhere he beards listening you know what i mean and he's like he yeah. didn't mention anything about it on this show and this show like, I had no idea and i was like dude i don't think anybody knew uh but so it ended up sports beard watched some of the show because of that you know uh but really cool man really cool uh like you said megastar yeah Um, there's, there's an energy he brings that makes everything he's around seem just like a cooler place to be.
1: Yes. And, and worth being there. Like as a fan, it's worth watching SmackDown because McAfee lets you know how important each thing is. So you feel like you just watch something important. Yes.
0: My phone's blowing up for no reason. Uh, let's see. Okay. So let's get another Rumble, dude. Opened up with Gunther. Gunther's number one. and uh, I mean, so there's a bunch that happened here. Obviously, we had Gargano at number five. I'm going to say this <laughs> to get this out of the way. <laughs> Remember? This isn't going to be the compliment it sounds like at first. Okay. He reminded me of how DX referred to Owen Hart. That he was just that little piece of shit, that little nugget of turd that every time you flush floats back up. Yep. And you're just trying to flush it. Owen did amazing stuff with that. I am not a nugget. <laughs> also Johnny- proved himself to be
1: a nugget while telling himself he's not a nugget. Yes. Yeah.
0: But that was also the artistry of Owen. thousand percent. Gargano is just the nugget. <laughs> No googly eyes, nothing, just a nugget. Dude, watching him in there, fighting off Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Like Bobby Lashley could not overpower Gargano and get him over the top. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like he was being wily. He was literally just standing there and like punching down and just holding onto the rope and overpowering Bobby Lashley's attempts to throw him over every time I looked over and saw him, I was getting more and more mad. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Are you doing? He also got like yeah. no response from the crowd, except yeah. when he did some flashy moves and none of his moves made any sense. Cause he'd go over the top rope to do them. Yeah. So he was like being really sloppy as far as like a kayfabe sense of the rumble. I honestly didn't get like a good breath until he was out because I was like, Oh my God, dude, like every time I looked <laughs> over there in the corner, there was a time when it was like Bobby and who else was in there with him? Was it Bobby and priest or someone? There was like two dudes trying to push Gargano over and they couldn't get him over. And I was getting so fucking mad. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, and there was a time we're in the ring, just like looking at the ring. There wasn't a ton of people, but Corbin was on his way out. You had Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre, Carrying Cross. Hunter right. and Sheamus, and then right. Gargano. And I'm all like, one right. of these things is not like the other. Right. Like, what are we doing? So I'm just saying that to get that out of the way, because that was really my only issue with that rumble is that not only was he in there so long, but he was in there in a non-believable place for so long. He wasn't even, well, that's like the rolling thing around I wrote it hiding. down.
1: I wrote okay. it down. Uh, Johnny had 30 minutes with no eliminations, you know, mm-hmm. like what they did with the Miz at four or three because miz i think miz was three they did a fantastic job beating him up and shouts to the miz i mean he did an incredible job being there for seamus and gunther and and allowing them to look like they're gonna dominate the rest of the way um i i thought miz played his part perfectly he was in there for what i don't even think he was there until the next guy came out uh and if he did he was he was going quick, but he did his job at selling and and looking like he should. Um, but yeah, Johnny in for thirty minutes and no eliminations. Um, it, it you're right. He he wasn't even connective tissue. You know, if you're there for thirty minutes, you got to be connective tissue. Um, and one other thing on Johnny, when we went to the house show, and I knew he was coming out. Um, and when he did, my son was like, you know, who's that? I was like, oh, it's Johnny. I don't really like him. He was, okay. And then he got his own opinion. He goes. Dad, why is Johnny so much smaller than everybody else? I said he just is, and people like him. And then he started singing Johnny's song, like as we were walking out. It was the first time he ever heard it. Yeah. So Johnny comes out at the Rumble and he starts singing a song. He's like, Dad, I don't like Johnny as a wrestler, man. His song is awesome. I was like, Well, I mean, I'm not going to tell you no. I can't. I don't listen to it. Even when it comes on, I just tune it out. But like as he's jamming to it, I'm like, Yeah, I get that. So, um, but that's who Johnny is. Uh, I mean, they got, a, they got a soft spot to him. Somebody put online today, and it was the worst, t- the, the most terrible wrestling take of all time, that yeah. they wish crowds would hijack again. And I was like, if, if crowds were hijacking, Johnny would be over right now. Yeah. But he's not over because he's not doing the work to get over. He was yeah. in there for 30 minutes and still gets no reaction. It's not going to happen. He's yeah, in a tough I spot. Even,
0: I even loved that uh, Corey on Raw... And you know Corey likes Johnny. I think Johnny's a really yeah. nice guy. I think he's a really cool guy. I think that he's the kind of guy that people want to be around in real life. That doesn't change what we see on TV, right? Uh, so to know that Corey really likes Johnny as a person is great because the commentary he had to make was when uh, when Johnny was out there on Raw, they'd said something like, you know, he lasted over 30 minutes in the Rumble. And then Corey had to say uh, – Yeah, that kind of thing happens with people who will just hide under the turnbuckle and wait. Yeah. You know, and I was like, fuck. I know he didn't also mean it probably as a dig towards Jericho. But I immediately thought of Jericho. Jericho held the, you know what I
1: mean? In the the AJ Styles rumble. Yeah, whatever year Mm -hmm. that was, when AJ Styles debuted, Jericho was under the
0: turnbuckle. He was in there, but he was in there for like almost an hour. Yeah, Yeah. he set the new record that one. And when you watch it, Jericho rolls out under the bottom rope and sits by the turnbuckle for a bunch a lot he wasn't yeah. in the ring for even yeah. a third of the time that he was in the rumble like yeah uh so yeah it was just it's kind of crazy like you said oh the, i was gonna say the funny thing about your son liking gargano's song is that i even said it when he came out the best thing about johnny's entrance is that there's never any noise to disrupt the song you can hear it more <laughs> clearly than anything else there's no one's music you hear as clearly as Johnny's, so it's yeah. no, it's no, not confusing to me why your son's all like this song's great, yeah, because you, yeah, because he can hear it, <laughs> you can hear it perfectly every time. He knows the words because nothing made him not be able to hear the words. Right, you know what I mean. Yeah. I can't wait until he goes dead. What is he looking at? Yeah, yeah. you and me both, bud.
1: Me
2: and looking you for both. fans. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, but. With the Gargano out of the way. The Rumble itself I thought was awesome, and I want to know your take on it because you hate Cody uh, unabashedly for no reason just because you're just a mean-spirited person. This was the Cody show. However, we talked about it before on episode one. I really thought that Cody should go in number one and go the distance because it would be the whole Cody show. But I do think that there was a poetry to making them 30. We all knew he's coming. Save it. This gave the chance to a Gunther to do 71 minutes in a rumble. This was a Gunther show, it turned out. This whole thing was about how amazing Gunther is. This was a, a, a show about how good Logan Paul and Ricochet are, about how much we want to see all of a sudden Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins. This was a show about Beth Phoenix coming back to even the odds against Judgment Day. You know what I mean? Like they told so many stories before we got there. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, hotter than ever. Remember, I said they've been punking out Bobby? He can't just, he's got to be the one to throw out Brock. He has to be. And he did it in short fashion.
1: Yeah, he looked fantastic.
0: And it pissed off Brock. To get a pissed off looking Brock after we've been seeing happy Brock this whole time? Yes. Great point. mm. Yep. I feel bad for Kofi. Kofi went for the outside spot. (laughs)
1: <laughs> they ditched that spot right away. It looked like Woods was trying to throw him the chair or hold the chair and he didn't land it. Um, and they just ditched it. So that's two th- two years in a row. He didn't connect.
0: I think that it's even more different than that. I rewatched it a couple of times. You think he's hurt? I think, I think he was out cold. His head hit the table and he oh. just lays down flat with his hands on his head and then just doesn't move. Mm. And his hands, not even on his head after a second. It's just like next to him. I think he jumped. I didn't out. see him hit the table. His head hit the side of the table. Oh, man. And then he just goes down. And you see, Buck. you see the ref talking to Woods. You yeah. see Woods trying to crawl over to Kofi. And then they just ditch it. They yeah. just all of a sudden, because at first they're like, I think his one foot stayed up because they could easily talk about how one foot didn't hit. I yeah. think that the whole chair flipped out underneath him. He hit his head on the table and he was out cold. And they're just all like, ditch it, move on. Yeah. yeah. And especially with Brock coming out, we don't need this you know yeah yeah um because yeah. that was when it happened when brock was coming out so. yeah yeah uh and i feel bad for i mean what another reason i feel bad for kofi i haven't listened to the episode yet and i feel bad and i want to he was on after the bell with Corey graves right before it and it said royal rumble legend kofi kingston oh that was the name of the episode right. and so i'm sure in there he talks about how he's got to get out there and do what he's do- doing. He messed up last year and he's not going to do it again. And then this year he knocks yeah. himself out cold and you're just like, fuck, I feel bad for Kofi.
1: Yeah. He did a, a great episode with cheap heat. Um, just him and Rosenberg talking about uh, mostly his, his foundation. That's what his tights and shoes were about. He, him and his mom just lost the foundation that gets computers to kids in, uh, in Ghana. So it's, mm. it's definitely worth a listen on after the bell. Cause I, I know you're not much of a cheap heat guy. Um, the, I'm sure he talks a lot about the foundation then, too. Um, okay. And what one of the points he did say was about the, uh, the Rumble mishap last year. He just, you know, how he would do things differently and what he would want to do. Uh, not not teeing up anything for this year, but to your point, after listening to it and then watching the Rumble, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, here we go. Let's get a little something. Yeah, um, And to not get it, you know, it, it kind of sucks. And hopefully he's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I hope so, too, because I haven't seen – anybody tweet about him yeah you know but then again i've not been on twitter much so could just be me not being aware of it that's <laughs> every bit of possibility um ray mysterio never came out at all i believe the report is that he was injured so they wrote him out by having dominic do the thing although i kept feeling like when dominic so ray music hit and nothing happens i turned to gabe and i said i want dominic to come out wearing ray mysterio's mask And I want Ray to come out in between two people a little bit later with like a towel over his head, go up to the front because there was like three kids right there with masks and take one of their masks and put it on and then get in the ring and beat the shit out of Dom. (laughs) But he never came out at all, you know, and so I do think they push that story a little bit. I thought I really liked I thought Theory did a really good job when he's coming out and Judgment Day is fighting down the ramp. He looks at them and goes, because Edge looks at him and he goes, well, do your thing, man, and walks to the side. You can see him try to walk around again and they're fighting. So he goes off to the side again. Like he did a really good job of like, hey, ain't my fight, ain't my problem. Right. You guys figure it out. You know what I mean? And waiting and doing the timing of it all. Like I was, I thought he, I mean, he looked so believable. And so many times we see those kinds of spots that just look phony and weird. Like he knew it was coming and I guess I'll just stand here. He looked like he was trying to get around and couldn't, but he also was like, I have time to
1: kill. I think with Finn falling down uh, may have helped with Austin Theory's natural reaction because Edge made it to him face-to-face without Finn being in the way. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that may have happened. Um, yeah. But yeah, I tell you, look for it uh, just to circle back to the beginning, starting out with Gunther and, uh, and Sheamus, I thought it was a fantastic idea. They were able to tell the story about match of the year and why these two competitors were outstanding um I look, I again back to the boozies. Asked what I wanted to see next year. I said Gunther versus everybody, and that's yeah. exactly what we got at Rumble was Gunther versus everybody. Uh Dude, him Gunther, with Brock, Brock like, stare down. Fucking amazing.
0: Come on. The only he's,
1: place they fucked up is right after he chops Brock, they go to the entrance ramp for the next person. I go fuck for Bobby. Yep. I, I know, but I wanted I you, you had to give it to us. We we had to see That because that wasn't even a tease, because we saw Brock with the no-cell. What happens next? And because you knew there's something happening, and that's what I needed. Um, and I and I'll say this too, I just want to get this out the way. Yeah. For all the good about Gunther, he had a really hard time maneuvering around the ring. You saw him like, you know, calling spots. You can see him, oh, well, let me crawl over here or um, I I got to drop back down to a knee. He, I mean, he had a lot going on, so, you know, good for him. And it's his first big spot in WWE. But he had a hard time placing himself around everyone. But I tell you what, this time next year, it, it's it, without question. Because the guy doesn't make the same mistake twice. He's no. fucking incredible. So um, I just want to get that part out of the way. But, yeah, uh, Gunther and- versus everybody I thought was a, a phenomenal way to go.
0: Dude, and also, I mean, Gunther's in there for 71 man- minutes, yeah. like against 30 people that he's never been in that position before. Literally, no yeah. one else has yeah. either. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's a tough spot to be in and figure it out while you're going. But yeah, yeah. so I, I agree. And dude, I loved it when he looks at Brock. They stand next to each other. Brock's smiling at him, and Gunther looks at him. He's like, come on, like, fucking bring it to me. Like, I'm not afraid of Brock Lesnar. He's not afraid of anyone, man. Fuck. Like, and he's so good. To not be afraid of Brock Lesnar who just from a Gunther standpoint, who thinks the ring is sacred and wants to bring back prestige to the ring and is all about actually working the body parts and the technical wrestling style. Brock Lesnar's out of WWE stuff is so traditional that it's kind of like if anyone should give him pause to be like, this guy could maybe give me a run for my money and for him to be like, no, I'll give you a run for yours. I'm like, fuck. Well, not only that, Gunther throws the first punch. Yeah, you know that's that's the other thing
1: that that may get lost in all the appearances. Gother don't give a fuck. He is Mm-mm. he is there to supplant himself as the ring general, mm. as the guy who who holds the ring sacred. I think it's fucking yeah. amazing.
0: Um, yeah. So, um, Logan Paul and Seth worked amazing together. Ricochet and Logan Paul were awesome. God, I want to see Ricochet and Logan Paul do stuff. Cheers,
1: Justin, in the chat. I got the uh, oh, in-time background that. going on. Cheers, brother.
0: Oh, yeah, there it goes. Cheers, fellas, to, to the old just-in-time. Kuro. Kuro coming through. Cheers to Kuro as well. So let's break it down. Um, Cody Rhodes in at number 30. The story is, is his chest going to withstand a Gunther slapped the shit out of his chest, sold the shit out of his chest. There was moments too where I was kind of like, is that safe? Like, can you do that? (laughs) And I'm sure that Cody's going to his doctors being like, guys, when I go back, it's not like we're protecting the chest.
2: Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) I can't go back too soon because it will not be protected. Right. Um, And because of the hell in a cell match, as we're seeing handprints welt up on his chest, there's moments where I was all like, did it tear? Is that bruising? Like, Nice. It was insane. It was insane. Uh, what do you think about this Cody Rhodes-Gunther story? Which, by the way, I think Gunther has a, a stake, a claim to the stake of Cody if Cody walks away with his champion. Gunther can always be like, I was in there for 70 minutes before you got in. A
1: thousand percent. A thousand you know I mean? percent. I, and, and I wish commentary... You still barely did it. Yeah, I wish commentary sent spent more on that of, of Gunther doing 71 minutes... Cody coming in at 30, Cody's fresher, but with the longer layoff. Um, This is what Gunther does over the last year, no days off, you know, in here as a machine, you know, it would have been nice for them to tell that story a little bit more. Yeah. Um, You know, so this is what I was, when I was watching it, this is, this is what hurt me the most Mm -hmm. is that because Cody was so predictable the equity that was built in Gunther in that moment felt for not. Had Gunther got eliminated before Seth and then maybe Logan Paul knocks out Seth and then Cody just, I don't know, does a Cody cutter, Logan Paul flops over the top, like, like the rock. I would have been more into Cody um, winning, but Cody being predictable to win and Gunther doing all that it's like well what did you just build you know and that's that's for for my prove to me cody is is worth its standpoint uh again if he was in at 20 and and cody went through all that too and here's the thing at the end of it they both eliminated five people cody Mm -hmm. got his five eliminations too so it's like so this my my thought was if gunther had beat cody in that moment there's your story there is a story that can be told that's different than what we saw yesterday but as far as Cody walking in the door the raw after Wrestlemania it's the same fucking story it yes it's continuing but it's the same story that didn't have me bought in before so why would I buy in now and that's from a me perspective uh the pageantry was great the fans loved it so I can't shit on everything but for someone like me who's not in, I didn't see Cody earn the story from me. It's the thing I say about Charlotte, right? Charlotte's got the title. She, she's she got the look. She's got the athleticism, all this stuff. But what did you earn from me to tell me that your 14 titles mean something? Well, nothing, because you get most of them in one shot. So this thing with Cody, he comes in at 30. He wins the Rumble. What did you prove? What did you prove besides that the story's been written and this is what we're going for? So I, it's... I'm not bought in on on how Cody earned it.
0: Uh, It's not like he came in at 30 and it was the final three and then he just chucked him over. He was in there for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it was like 17 minutes and he's got like I said, he's got five eliminations. So he did he did go through and and earn his his way to the end. To your point, you know, he wasn't in there with just, you know, three people left. It, it just it felt so predetermined that it, it was tough. It was tough. So I felt
0: like they'd built so much equity in Gunther that it actually created a doubt where it's like, well, we've just established that Gunther's a fucking beast who's not afraid of Brock Lesnar. He's not going to be afraid of Roman. So I felt like there were moments where you thought they could, so they could put Gunther over. I think that the idea was they probably won't. But there was that tinge of there is a world where it could happen. You know,
1: that's the thing that didn't even creep in my mind as good as he did. It's like, okay, but this is predetermined Cody Gunther wins, not just me, but even even those with the the creep in, in the head go, oh, my God, Gunther just fucking won that that type of shock value. Plus what's happening on SmackDown with the tag titles, Imperium's right there. This this chance for the Imperium to to push towards the bloodline as it's disintegrating that that rise that story is so much bigger heavier thicker than cody chasing this dream this isolated instance he he's and to his promo on raw that tried to get you to buy into the lyrics of his theme song that nobody in wwe knows so as it as the beat drops and he's going like this, so the people can say the point in his song that they used to in AEW that nobody does in WWE. Just to get that out of there, um, this is this is a, this is a Cody a Cody told story. This isn't a WWE storyline. Cody's the one telling the story, and it's it's him isolated in himself, his own dream to chase. He's overcoming his own dreams. He's not pushing through
0: competitors. So,
1: Which is also I, I the story
0: know. they told with Judgment Day. That's the story they're telling with Judgment Day. Which I also think that the, by putting him in the story with Judgment Day, yes, it buys him time to try and rebuild some equity here. But it also does make it feel less than, especially when you think about where we're at with Roman. Like this promo he cut on Raw was nice. And it was cool and eloquent. And he had it all together. But you also kind of hear the whole thing and you go, yeah, guess we'll go to a mania with him. It didn't make you go like, this is a hot story. You just go, yeah, I guess it makes sense. You know, especially given how rumble ends where the crowd's so on fire for a Roman story that has nothing to do with Cody and right. for Cody to do this. And then for Dominic to come out, which by the way, I love it. Dominic, <laughs> is, okay. Dominic is so good. Uh, and he even messed up part of his promo too. And Damien and Finn kind of like helped him save it. And it was so fucking good, dude. Like, Everything everything that Judgment Day was doing was perfection. But also Judgment Day is not top of the card to begin with. Right. So you have Cody stepping down into a story with the Judgment Day to build himself up towards Roman. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's right. a little weird. A little disconnected. I mean, well, to the point one just... where, like, I'm sure the match with Finn was great and the parts I saw was great, but I found myself looking down and drawing a lot. Because it was just kind of like, okay, Cody's going to win this match.
1: Well, so I missed the opening of Raw, and I went back and listened to the promo since we since we got to that point and we're on Cody. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're talking. So about I listened to it. and I go, I'm like, okay, but the promo was like, it was contrived, right? It was exactly what you think it's going to be for the sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he also, but you know, you give him credit, right? In the beginning of it, he goes, "I know there's new people watching all the time, so okay, great, you're educating the audience okay. on a whole." Fantastic. That's what Cody's actually been doing since he came back. Okay. But, again, to the boozies, what I didn't want to hear going forward was this. the same fucking story. By the time Mania hits, that Raw after Mania, this is the same promo. This is the same promo. What's going to happen when it's a promo off with Roman? What's going to happen when you
0: can't tell this anymore? In fairness, the idea that they would that Cody's mission statement would be different is silly at best to be like, Hey, I want Cody to come back and I don't want him to have dreams of becoming a champion. All of a sudden, I don't want his father to be his father anymore. I don't want his father to have been screwed anymore. Like the history of Cody is why he's in this position. The goals of Cody is why he's even here. So, it is kind of ridiculous to think, I hope we get a different Cody with a different mission statement and a different family history. You know what I mean? Like it has that. to be the same story.
1: It just has to be a different promo. You can, he can even, I, I say the same thing about, um you know, anyone with redundant promos, you can say this, the, the way we talked about banks, Monet last time uh, globally in the world, globally, like, okay, you can say that once, but say it again differently at the end, he's saying the same things. and, if you if you have that same mission statement, by all means, go for it. I mean, companies have the same mission statement every year, but they change the direction in which they move or the other words that they say to get them to the next level. Where, where What's the next level promo? Now, look, I this again, this is short order for Cody, right? Like this is his first promo back, but it is the promo that was in the video packages. So if to Cody's point, the video package was something for the last couple of weeks. Now, this promo is to re-educate the audience. Great. Mm. What does next Monday look like? If next Monday is the same promo, I'm going to have a really big problem. Uh, but if it's different and he can pull me in, fantastic. I'm here for it. I'm just saying he's treading, he's treading very thin with a fan like me that if I hear the same nuanced language of my dad, the title, my thing, the this... I'm sorry, I can't do it. Because it even at the press conference, he basically laid out the promo in real life. But it was the same fucking words. And it's like, dude, I get it, man. But you can only say that so many times for the next three months, 62 days actually, um, before like how many other people are going to tune out. And then, all right, here's the other thing. Let's say the promo kind of changes. That Monday after WrestleMania, good luck, man. Good luck.
0: Mm. I did like yeah. that he added the addition of the bloodline versus bloodline. You know what I mean? Like he, he does walk around what he's saying a lot. He circles the drain for a while, but I did like, cause we've talked about it before that the story is there. It's bloodline versus bloodline. It's you're doing this for your family, but I need to do this for mine. Like it's legacy versus legacy like there's a lot to it and he actually he added that to it this time which was different than the last time the thing is is that you won't hear past my family my title no matter how he says it but that's who he is that's what he's doing so
1: just to be Mr. fucking technical there's been three of them all time there's four on smackdown right now for the nway family you know what i mean like It's not really bloodline versus bloodline. It's a second generation wrestler who's had three in his family step in the ring to a guy with three generations. Who's had a million and a half family members with four on TV, three as champions right now.
0: So you're thinking of this in terms of quantity, not quality, the, Fingerprint that Dusty had on the business. I, I Yes. Even prior to being in NXT, he was a booker in the territories. He was a booker in WCW. All roads went through Dusty roads for a long time. Flair may not quite be Flair without Dusty to piggyback off of. So that's who we blame. That's who we blame. The Anawati family was a hodgepodge of random people who held titles for short periods of time. They were all transitional champions at certain points. It was just that they're just good at the thing and doing the thing. None of them had an imprint on the business like a Dusty had. You know what I mean? So to say it's not bloodline versus bloodline because there's just more numerically undermines the importance of what the Rhodes family name gave to the business, and over qualifies what Roman's family gave to the business you have the rock yes but what did the rock do for the businesses outside of put himself over you know what I mean
1: I, I don't I don't disagree with the logic but you have to tie the logic to the terminology right like if you want to get technical then the McMahon family bloodline is the most important royal family in wrestling right like which Cody said I'm just saying like that's to 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 put and, and Dustin's a phenomenal wrestler. He was one of my favorites as a kid too. Uh his gold dust run basically helped revolutionize the attitude era. Okay. So I get it. I get it. There is maybe it's Cody then. Maybe it's Cody that I'm I'm disconnecting with. He's not tying that he's not tying that together enough for me, but also speaking in reverence to show me why you're as important as your dad. Show me why you are as important as your brother was during the attitude era.
0: Which is what he's trying to prove now, because uh, as of right now, he's not this journey is what is to make him that important.
1: The way it's coming off is that he already is the way he's presented the way he's, um trying to educate the fans is that not just the name but himself because he's even saying it that he's stepping out of his father like don't look at my dad look at me i am this good our name is this good and i'm gonna show you why and i'm not buying into him as a character contender because i'm not seeing that translate on tv it's almost as if let's say um remember was it lance anawaii the one that they brought out a couple years ago to get squashed if he was the one to talk the shit that roman's talking about the bloodline with the gravitas of the the family name and all this stuff i'd be like dude what are you talking about where what are you showing me so because i haven't seen the wrestling depth with cody that's the disconnect i have if that makes more sense
0: so Cody is also coming in with a lot of the same Triple H mentality of everything you've done since also matters. This version of Cody created a competing company. You know what I mean? This version of Cody. Sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. This version of Cody. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like it was Siri uh, was trying to let you know that. And he even talks terrible. about it.
0: He's even talking about it. I had to be dashing. I had to put on face paint. He had to do all these things. Then he had to go out and prove himself and revitalize the industry. He even said that he was out there strengthening the core of the industry, which is true. AEW is massive for indie wrestlers. Like If they can get there and get those paydays and get that TV time, they won't get it otherwise. You know what I mean? Like He created a whole other thing. That's this Cody. With well, short of creates, being able to say, "Hey, bump AEW is my thing." Too, though.
1: That's the thing. Real quick, it creates a speed bump for WWE to not think that they're on a to, that they need to have tunnel vision. Um, They have to watch their steps. So, yeah. But to to the point, I mean, Tony Khan was looking to buy WWE in 2017, so that company was going to get created in some way, shape, or form. It definitely took Cody to get there.
0: It took Cody to job. get there in a lot of ways, and would it be then, where it's at now without Cody's influence in the first couple of years? Yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's really hard to say because you can't just pluck him out and say nothing else mattered. But the moment Cody left, a lot of people felt the imprint gone. They felt the difference immediately. So yeah. there was a, there's been a lot different. Less since he's left. Yeah. A lot less continuity. So, yeah. I think that short of having Cody go out there and cut a promo where he explains what he did in AEW and what, what it was like working with Tony Khan, there is having to be some form of assumption that, yes, he's done a lot of stuff outside of this, too. And he's he's built an equity where Cody's kind of in the, in the road dog Jesse James spot. Look, mom, no curse. Right. Because you had Bullet Bob Armstrong was one of the biggest stars in his era ever. Right. And every Armstrong after him just didn't quite make that. Right. And then Road Dog coming out being like, look, mom, no curse, I'm successful. I sell shirts, I do my thing, people love me. That's kind of where Cody's at, except Cody's going for bigger than, do I cut a promo that people sing along to? Or do I go and show that I can be bigger than the biggest that has ever been? You know what I mean? Like, right, right. And Cody did mention the McMahons too, in a way. He's like you're so, not even the only two bloodlines in the company now. So what I
1: would what I would prefer then is build the in-ring. So the the way it feels is they're trying to strike while the iron is hot, and I completely yeah. understand that from a business standpoint. Does Cody have more than this in him because what I've seen and what we have, once that runs dry, what's the next step? If all he has is the Seth Rollins matches in him, which were hot. They were hot for crowd reaction. But when does that match become stale, i.e. the promo as well? When does this version of Cody turn to something that takes it to the next level? That was the Seth Rollins problem when he was facing Brock Lesnar, is that that character evolution never changed, especially after winning the title. That this Cody thing seems so one-noted that mm. my my expectation for a quality performer, champion or not, is going to dwindle because I'm not hooked. It's the same thing all the time. Now, maybe I watch too much of them in AEW, which is only a couple matches. Uh, maybe I'm just waiting to be hooked instead of being told I should be hooked. I don't know. I just I haven't seen it. I want to see it. I'll say it again about Charlotte. I don't care about all the hateful shit I've said for the last seven years. If she shows me something worth gravitating to, I will. Same thing with Cody. Gotta show me something worth gravitating to. And if he's just gonna be a performer, a la Drew McIntyre, where I'm just never gonna gravitate, then hey, uh may he be champion and achieve his goals. So be it.
0: I, I won't root against this, you, but this particular story with Cody. It's strictly to WrestleMania. Right. I agree a thousand percent that what's next for Cody may be bleak. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I do think that the biggest roads block that you have, uh, outside of Cody is the Sammy story. If it weren't for Sammy, this would be pretty easy cut and dry, but we do have Sammy, uh, And we're going to circle back to Cody at the end when we talk about the Rumble because Cody's story, I feel like, is one that you got to watch and ride along to to Mania. But there's a lot in the way now. You know what I mean? A lot in the way. Uh, And all of that is in the way
1: of him having a back and forth with his opponent. So he's going to have to tell the story of why he's good enough to get there without the opponent being across from him, just like Kevin Owens did last mm. year. you know I don't and think that's going to be entirely true. I
0: think Roman will do both.
1: I, I Well, I don't disagree. I don't disagree, but it's not yeah. going to be 50-50.
0: No. Yeah, it won't be 50-50. It's going to be a lot of Cody. I think the, putting the Judgment Day in the way is to give him something to do uh, on the way there. Uh, but we'll circle back to that when we get to the end of Rumble. Let's talk a little bit about LA Knight versus Bray Wyatt in the pitch-black match. This one... It was really tough. Time- I and mean, we kept saying we didn't know what it was going to be. They said they didn't know what it was going to be, even in the promo on SmackDown. LA Knight and Bray both said they weren't quite sure what that meant, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I've seen some people complain and bitch about it being a blacklight thing as though it was like not truly pitch black because there was a blacklight. Um, and real quick before I Follow up on that. Justin did say in there, I don't want to ignore our chat. You're, if you're in their chat, it's to derail the show, so you might as well do it mid sentence. Uh, Justin Time two one one does say, as cool as Lesnar versus Gunther would be, the only worry would be Lesnar going over, which he should not. I think it would be very specific on if Brock should or should not win against a Gunther, and I agree, the idea of a Gunther beating Brock would be much bigger for Gunther than beating Gunther would be for Brock. But we're also in a position where Brock has lost a couple of big matches and he may need to rebuild some level of fuck, this guy beat the streak, right? When when Brock beat Undertaker, that revitalizes his career for like 10 years. I think if Brock beats another top guy, it could be another one of those like fuck, Brock can run with it the way other people cannot. So I do think that there's something there, but the other thing Justin said, Cody coming out number 30 was my one gripe, but the match would have meant so much more if Cody had entered from 1 to 10. And I think we've covered that. There was part of me that really yeah. wanted him one, one, but I do think that the 20 minutes at the end, almost one-on-one with Gunther because of Gunther's chops, I kind of feel like that it lit him up, and I feel like there was part of me that was all like, as much as I, almost the whole match, I'm going, Cody should have been number one. Cody should have been number one. By the time we got to the end, I was all like, fuck, we got Gunther and Cody at the end. Gunther's lighting them up. Like, I wasn't bothered by it at all once it once it played out. Um, we didn't even talk about
1: Edge coming out. I mean, not that it was, it was that big. I just thought he was a... Well, we talked about the fight, but not the fact that, like, he was a surprise return. Um, was he? So,
0: we said before he's coming out or it would be stupid.
1: By the time he came out, I didn't think they needed him. Let's put it that way. Like, there was no Bronson Reed. Like, the way why they booked that the match,
0: Rumble, they still didn't you know? need him. They well, added story I mean. in the middle.
1: That's what I mean. So, like the way, yes, the way they brought Judgment Day out to have Edge come out afterwards, it really helps. But like the to not have a Bronson Reed or even a Boogs, you know, guys who were on Raw the next night, like that's that's a way that you could have done something. But either way, I still feel like because I said this about Extreme Rules. We got to slow down on Edge. I, I know he just came back. I know he looked good, but like physically, but his ability in the ring, he's just looking old. He's looking tired. Um, I I hope I hope he has maybe till next Mania before he taps out. But this, I don't know. I, I thought he was struggling a bit there. Um, also, we didn't even mention Booker T. Um I know he was in and out in like a minute. It was cool to see it happen. Uh I thought I, I thought yeah, I thought that type of you know comeback display is a a good one to have every year. He ran through the hits. He didn't look that great you know as far as it, you know a 22-year-old would, but he looked It was fun to see him. He did It was thing, fun to man. see him. So
0: it was fun. That was something that Kevlar yeah. bitched about me. He goes, uh, They shouldn't have brought out Booker T. No one wanted him out there. And I was like, Dude, he didn't ruin the thing. It was a nice moment. It was cool. Right. It was his home state. I loved it. I wanted him. Yeah. I'm glad. It and somebody teased fact, him
1: about jobbing to Gunther. And he's like, Jobbing to Gunther is way better than uh, Gunther jobbing to me.
0: So, for one. And can you imagine if Gargano tossed him?
1: Right. right. <laughs> I will say
0: this for sake of just in time, Booker T coming out. And doing the spin-a-rooney was absolutely the shucky ducky quack quack <laughs> moment of the night. <laughs> His
1: impression is fucking amazing. So oh. good, so good. <laughs> uh, shucky ducky quack quack.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I do think they told a lot of little stories along the way within the rumble. It was, it, I think, that rumble. I mean, for one, it's more rewatchable than last year's rumble. Both of them. Yeah. Uh 2020 was okay. It was cool, but I would rewatch this one a dozen more times. You know what I mean? Like it was really, really good. Uh I saw some people mention saying that they thought it was a classic, just the way that it all played out towards the end. And I think that's true too in a bubble. I think if you watch this in a bubble without the Roman story happening on the same show, you're like, this is a perfect rumble. This tells so many stories and builds so much towards mania and this sets up so much and and cody's the guy he's got to do this we want cody to do this thing we just want to care a little bit more about it right and we want some details put in but we want cody to succeed he came back to do that he left to do that we want the story to be full circle we like full circle stories but yeah yeah
1: i don't disagree
0: yeah um let me see so let's talk mountain dew pitch black match we had a dozen Mountain Dew Pitch Blacks. They are delicious. Kind of grapey, kind of berry-y. Mixes so well with vodka that we couldn't figure out if the drinks were strong or not. <laughs> and uh, pr- producer lady had the final say on that one, I'll say. They were very strong. Uh, but we got home just in time. <laughs> <Ula>. <laughs> <laughs> uh. The producer lady was saying for weeks that she hopes it's a bunch of black lights. And I kept saying, maybe, I don't know. I just imagine we would have seen a black light by now if they were going to. I saw some people complain that it wasn't pitch black because it was black lights. I have no issues with that. I thought they actually did a really good job putting this together with black lights in mind. I do think it was kind of dumb they had a bunch of green confetti on the table because the effect would look cool. But yeah. logistically or logically, it's, it's not like, practical well, at all, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but it looked cool. Yeah. Uh, the ropes yeah. were lit up great. The logo yeah. looked amazing in the middle of the ring. Like you could literally replay that match as an advertisement for a Mountain Dew. Yeah. But you could also replay that match as somebody to just be like, look at how creepy Bray is. I do think LA Knight did not look as strong as I want him to. I don't know what's next for LA Knight. But we're building Supernatural Bray, and I just hope that at the end of the day, I think that because L.A. Knight's been doing what he's been doing with Bray and Undertaker, I don't think that that means that we're dropping L.A. Knight out of the picture, right? With that in mind, as Bray was coming out, he passed all of his entities in the big forms again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh. I remember thinking his eyes looked peculiarly more brown than normal. And then when the the lights went out and the, the black light went on and his eyes glowed and he had that paint all over him that was illuminated and LA Knight's gear was glowing, the ropes up. It was sick, dude. I had a really fun time watching that match. Uncle Howdy dropping the big elbow, missing LA Knight by a mile and LA Knight rolling into the fire whatever right. happens the complaints about that
1: is fucking stupid so funny so it's, funny. it's about the moment in that particular case it's about the moment not execution it's about the spectacle it's about the display and honestly and about if you protecting wanna, if, your opponent i was gonna say if you want to get fucking technical they are fucking performers taking care of each other you want the fucking yes. cross body from two stories high you're just an asshole
0: Yes, go back and watch all of Shane McMahon's drops. The one right. off the Titantron onto onto Big Show? Right. For one, Shane's precision is a massive Second to none, yeah. <laughs> oh my, yeah. The fact that he actually landed the elbow on Big Show yeah. was amazing. But he landed to the side of him to get just the elbow. If you're really trying to hurt somebody from the Titantron, you're going to try and land right on top of him. Yeah. But he's all like, "Dink." <laughs> I also think I also think Howdy
1: was trying not to hit Bray with his feet.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think he was protecting his opponent in every single way, and yeah. I felt like that was fine. Even as we watched it, we're like, "Oh my god, he's jumping!" Lunar's sitting there, and he's all—he didn't even hit him. I don't even care. It looks so right. good, and I'm like, "Yeah, right." right. Because well, I don't that
1: if they cracked ribs. if they wanted us to see the elbow connect, they wouldn't have shot it from underneath. They would have yes. shot it from up top.
0: They know what they're doing. So, yeah, I had no problems with it. No, they don't. I know that, yes, there's always the bit to be like, it'd be nice to see him connect a little more snug. Yes, always. However, like you said, the dude's jumping off of two, three stories up. Right. I don't mind you protecting LA Knight so he can come back next week and cut a mad-ass promo and maybe beat the shit out of somebody and rebuild a little bit of equity. Like, no problems and i loved it it was crazy the fucking firefly funhouse goblins looking over at the end my only issue with this match is it came immediately before alexa and bianca and it kind of undermined howdy in the alexa one because he was just there for this and did this and then now he's just cutting a little weird so video promo her. yeah Yeah. so uh, my only issue was the juxtaposition and the missing howdy from the second part but you know is what it is Bray also pulled out a really weird little mask at the end. Which I thought was neat. Do you think moving forward we're going to get more blacklight shit from Bray? Or do you think that this was kind of a isolated incident?
1: So I think I'll go on my run here. I texted you during the match. This yes. is amazing. And you waited yep. until the end and you go, that was fucking incredible. Um, the, we talked about this in the very beginning, right? Like Bray's first match back, what's it going to be? How do we get there? Okay, LA Knight versus Bray. Don't really know if this is what we want. Then all of a sudden, we get this idea of a pitch black match. And then I said, I believe it was on episode one, maybe this the, maybe the sponsorship came up and they go, well, who can do a pitch black match? Well, Bray can. Mm-hmm. Bray, what can you do with it? I don't know. Give me a couple weeks. You got a couple weeks. LA Knight, what do you think? who can get us there? Right. Yeah. So when we, when we first started talking about it, I go, I don't care what it looks like. Just get us there. And when you look at, cause I, I compared it to the zombie match. The zombie match was about the advertisement. It was about the video game or the movie. I believe it was the mm. movie, right? Yeah. So how do you get, how do you get a movie to translate into a wrestling match while well, you do a zombie Jack match? And I thought they, they played off the advertisement incredibly well. When you look yeah. at this to the same point, they played off the advertisement fucking incredible. Because the match itself, it wasn't like the best Bray match, but when you put all things together, the match was fucking awesome. Yeah. So I still stand by the zombie match. Go back and watch it for the advertisement of the movie plus the match. It was put together phenomenally. So, I thought they did a great mm-hmm. job here, too. I I don't think.
0: I so did just, feel. Go ahead. In defense, I did feel that the zombie match felt way more commercial than this. Which I thought was, was a nice to. touch to this. It was about zombies. Exactly. It had to. <laughs> there was no getting around it. Yes. But there was. What was nice about this one is they didn't break to the fucking table and have Michael Cole crack open a soda and go, 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 go. Yeah. How yeah. refreshing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. This yeah. felt like a, an advertisement within a match where the other one felt like an advertisement with a match.
1: Yes. Well, great, great point. Because had they decorated the ring and the set to be more akin to scenery of the movie, Mm-hmm. Then you you have the same play. I get that. I get that. Especially yes. since you compared it to cracking open a soda and drinking it right there. Completely agree. Completely agree. But what else are you going to do with zombies? You know. Sure. So they were
0: that, in a bind. They were in yeah. a bind.
1: Yeah. And I and that's 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 all I ever said about that match is like, what else are you gonna do? And how else do you play it off? When you look at where it started, which was a million dollars, I believe they got for that advertisement for that match. Okay. Well, fucking A. We'll do the best we can with it. Did they? Yes. Book a zombie match better, please. So with this yeah. one, I that's how I looked at the beginning of this. Is that this is an advertisement that they have to put a match on for. I don't think they built towards a lights-out match, a blackout match. I don't at all. I do not at all think that that's where this was going. I thought that they were going to go to where the ending went. They were going to find a way... To expand Bray's universe. And that's what the story was. That what can we do to get through the through the pitch black for the advertisement to now be where Bray wants to be with his characters. And that's why I thought him changing into the mask was more to do with the Bray story than the match even was supposed to be. Mm. so that's that was my whole thing is that the match itself and i've said this on the last couple episode once has nothing to do the pitch black match has nothing to do with the bray story does la Knight have anything to do with it i don't know is la Knight a vehicle for bray to tell his story most likely mm. so i don't know no i don't think this is going to change la Knight into you know some different character no i don't think la Knight's going to go over to raw now we just might not see him for a couple weeks. And I I think the next time we see L.A. Knight is after Bray has transitioned to another opponent. This way, there's the connective tissue just isn't there anymore. And then L.A. Knight moves on to something else. Yeah. But I thought it was done well. I mean, you, you got to look at it for what it was. How do we advertise pitch black? What other match are you gonna do? I thought it was fantastic with the lights, like you said. You can use it as a commercial. You can also use it as a. You can replay that match. I watched it again today. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was great. I you know for what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yes, the gratuitous neon, but how cool did it look? The other spot too. The, the botch where LA Knight falls. Yeah. They rebounded great from that, and Bray going through the table was incredibly done too. So I, uh, you know. Look, it was it was it was fun. I enjoyed it, um, and I I think once the match was over and Bray put the other mask on, that's where you get now what Bray is trying to tell. Do do I want to project? That's our Wyndham Six now, the four characters: Uncle Howdy and Bray. That way, possibly, because um, we're seeing these guys as these characters as mm. you know human size now. They're they're physical entities, not just puppets. So who knows?
0: That's true. And I know that the six, I, I've always, or always, I for a while believed that the six were the entities of Bray. And when you look at the four Firefly Funhouse characters, those are entities of Bray in a physical yeah. form, yeah. right? Rambling Rabbit, Husky, uh, Mercy. Mercy, and uh, Abigail, Abigail were all different versions of bray's story so those four would stand alone uncle howdy could be five and then this now version of bray bray slash fiend could be the sixth right um yeah i don't know i thought we might see a little bit of fiend stuff here we didn't quite get there yeah could you
1: imagine the pop if that red mask was the fiend mask
0: yeah yeah
1: instead it was awe, which that's what bray does he he always just when you think you know exactly what's going to happen, he just moves it slightly to the right. It's the yeah. same essence, but it's just over a little bit where you're like, "Oh fuck, where are we going now?"
0: Yeah, exactly. He's a fun ride for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm in, and I just I really want to see what's next for L.A. Knight because I'm such a L.A. Knight. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Let me scroll through raw real quick to make sure we didn't miss any. So, oh. No, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, because we're trying. To, I'm trying to bounce back and forth between all the different stuff. Uh, yeah, mm. uh, Bianca and Alexa was a fine match. I don't know why we beat Alexa flat, and then had a weird video at the end uh, that felt weird. But that's yeah. kind of all I had to say about it. They were they worked well together.
1: Um, I didn't like it the first time. Uh, yeah. I like it better the second time. I think I still have a problem with Bianca being the A side of matches. She's she's missing something. There's there's something just not there. the The trust in me as a viewer to her matches, I always end up seeing something that maybe I shouldn't. That I don't see in a Bailey match. That I don't see in a Becky match. That I don't see in a uh, fucking Nikki match. You know, like there's there's that next level that she's just isn't at yet. She is without a fucking shadow of a doubt, a fucking superstar. She is bar none, a superstar. She commands the crowd. And here's the other thing too, for as much as her mat matches are kind of flat. Every time she wins that fucking crowd goes bananas. Mm-hmm. So to her credit, she has the crowd. I just got to see something better in the ring. I thought the second go around, they did a better job at the match, but to your point, even how they got to the finish it was just like all right we're done with this
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah I didn't have a lot to say about it other than match was fine but yeah we beat Alexa flat with no interference and at the end she's watching a video that feels like less than because of where it was positioned
1: and something that we've we've seen before it was very close Mm -hmm. to something we've already seen on Raw so like what what are we watching this again for
0: yeah nothing special about it uh, brings us to the Women's Royal Rumble match. Rhea Ripley number one and the winner. First woman to go the distance. So she's the Shawn Michaels of her time.
1: I thought it was interesting, too, because Liv had said she wanted to go one. So when I saw Rhea come out one and Liv two, I was like, oh, that's pretty odd. And then as the Rumble went on, I was like, oh, mm. another predictable finish here.
0: And uh, Liv did really well with the amount of time she spent in there, because in 2019 she was in for like what, six seconds. Yeah. She set a record for shortest time, which was broken this year, but mm-hmm. she had held the record prior to this for shortest time in the ring. And then this time she got really close to the, she's like number two longest at this point. Like, uh, yeah, this was a look, I liked stuff in it. I liked all the damage control stuff. I liked Roxanne Perez. I like that we brought back Piper Niven. That Asuka brought back her Kana. I like that Zelina came out dressed as the Street Fighter character that she's voicing that's going to be released soon. And she did all the fucking Street Fighter things. Like, as much as I get so annoyed at the cosplay wrestling stuff, yeah. Zelina did it the right way. In my opinion. I don't know. I could be way off. But there was Honestly, a lot here that felt like I don't know what we're doing. Natty came out with her fucking stupid little hat to look like Anvil's dumb little hat. Because Anvil wore that little (laughs) pink hat that was a woman's hat that he just wore and thought it was cool. And she came out in like a silver version of that same hat. And I loved it. I loved Natty being back. We had more NXT talent here than we had in the first one. Because there was was zero. Which, by Uh the way reported by a bunch of stupid sites that there was going to be a lot of nxt talent in the men's rumble and there was zero so go ahead and block and remove those guys are fucking making it up as they go at least we're honest about it and since
1: you said that i'll just say it loud fuck sean ross sap fuck fightful all of that because fightful was one of them that boasted about nxt talent being in the men's rumble and i absolutely love your co-worker nick houseman saying to ray ripley after she won how did you feel about NXT women being in the rumble when there was no NXT in the men, even though the thought that there would be NXT right after Sean Rossap asked a question, I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was a major fuck you to Sean Rossap and fuck that guy. He's
0: such a jerk off. First off, yes, fuck Sean Rossap. That's totally fine. Uh, I do think I don't think Nick was trying to take a dig at Sean because I do think they get along very well. But I do think that Nick's also not oblivious to the reality of the situation. And I think that Nick takes himself as seriously as he should and knew that for the the fact of the matter is what it is. Right. So, uh, yeah, but huge shouts to, to Nick and the questions he had in the, in the after, uh, press conference. I really appreciated that. And, uh, yeah, fuck those other guys. There's very few. I'm going to be honest. I'll say it here. Wrestling Inc. is the only version of those dirt sheets that I take any credibility in. And when they source Fightful or other sources, I just kind of ignore it. When they have yeah. their own thing, it seems legit. I don't buy into a lot of the other bullshit, man. And it, the more I see it, the more it's bullshit. And it's just, and it's funny and it's petty and it makes me laugh. But, you know, it's what but it is. But
1: it's also, it's legit though. Cause like I'll click on Sports Illustrated and mm-hmm. it'll be someone from uh, Meltzer's group that wrote something. And I'm like, yeah. oh, well Sports Illustrated used to be credible, but this is a comment from somebody who works at the newsletter or the observer. Mm-hmm. And then I'll click on Forbes and it's somebody from PW Insider. And I'm like, that's no, this isn't Forbes doing the work. You're contracting it out to someone else who we who we as in me already doesn't trust.
0: Yeah.
1: It's yeah. it's a shame, man.
0: It's a shame. It is kind of interesting because I also I mean, obviously, I work with Pro Wrestling Spotlight with John Arezzi, and you guys want to check that out. You know, youtube.com slash Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Check it out. Uh, we listened to a lot of the stuff from 30 years ago with Meltzer and Wade Keller and John Arezzi and uh, the, the news that came out at the time and the amount of effort you could hear them put in to being accurate. And in the last three years or so, everyone who had that level of credibility has done so much work to disrupt their own credibility. Like, I do think that there's a very valid reason why people trusted Meltzer for so long. I also think that Meltzer has done more work to discredit himself than anybody else in the entire industry.
1: One of the reasons when I started this podcast thing, I followed Meltzer right away is he was on JR's podcast years ago. And mm-hmm. Ross was like, Well, yeah, I knew the information you had was correct because I used to give it to you. Yeah. So I was like, Cool. Like, Meltzer has legit ties to what's going on so i followed him and i'm like okay okay within two months i was like oh fuck this this guy doesn't know shit yeah because i just i watch and i read and i watch and i go no this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about there's obvious things right here that he's reporting wrong and how many times can you say plans change when plans don't change like that anymore it's just not the same so but that's just the the quick little dirt sheet tangent that I wanted to go on at, at that point, because uh it would have been nice to see a Carmelo Hayes or a Brown Breaker or even, could you imagine fucking... Um, Waller. Waller. Grayson Waller in this Rumble. Oh Are you kidding God. me? Which that Logan Paul spot with him and Ricochet that you had mentioned, we didn't quite... That viral clip that'll last forever between Logan Paul and Ricochet. Stop hating Logan Paul. I tweeted this out. I'm not... I, I don't like the guy. I Himself. Absolutely any fucking wrestler who steps in the ring and puts it on the line for us, not for themselves. For us, not for themselves. My problem with the Young Mm -hmm. Bucks, they pop themselves all day long. (laughs) Logan (laughs) Logan Paul doesn't have to do this. Logan Paul he doesn't at all. He has more money than WWE can offer him. Yeah he wants to do this and when he does it he puts the fucking work in and that's- Do you
0: think that a guy like McAfee or a guy like Logan Paul even look at the numbers that they offer them?
1: No. No.
0: Cuz I feel like they don't. It just like has those to two it has dudes, to be
1: worth their time.
0: I yeah, yep, I a feel number like they have that's a minimum. Worth their time. Yes. I feel like that there's a minimum and if they even get close to the minimum they go, "Yep, for you guys, yes." Yes. For others, absolutely. no. I feel like there's other people. They would say no chance I'm doing it for that little, but I feel for WWE, they could literally ask what's your minimum. Like we'll pay you your sag minimum. <laughs> right. <laughs> like a Kevin Smith bullshit. I right. feel like that. That there's that those two dudes love it so much and you can see it that they go. Yeah. I wouldn't work for this, this small amount for other people, but for you guys to be a part of this world this universe yeah absolutely
1: i mean would mcafee even remember the check he got for wrestling vince mcmahon and getting stunned by stone cold steve austin do you think logan paul is going to remember the check that he got for cross-bodying ricochet in the royal rumble on a clip that's going to live forever 20 years from now hey would you guys get paid for that oh i don't even fucking know but man that moment was incredible that's all they're gonna say
0: you know what I wonder if they've even cashed the checks? Right. You know who never cashed a check from a wrestling company? It's Andy Kaufman. And these guys love it on that level. I wonder if they just go, I don't even care what you're 50 bucks, whatever. Like, I don't know if they even cash it. Right. Arquette cashed the checks, but donated it all to charity. A hundred percent of the money he made in WCW, he donated.
1: I believe he's still doing that, right? Yeah, I think he's as still doing that on on his indie stuff. Yeah,
0: as far as I know, I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm that guy's accountant. But I just what no, we heard. I just I
1: I thought I heard him on yeah. a podcast not too long ago, kind of say this yeah. same thing. But anyway, yeah,
0: any money he makes in wrestling goes towards the cause. So sometimes yeah. there's you're fighting for more money for the cause, but not for yourself, right? Like, right. hey, this is right. going to this right. charity. Could you bump? Can you bump it a little, right? Right. But yeah, I wonder if guys like Logan or Pat McAfee even cashed the check, right? Or right. if they just go and it is what it is, like. I don't know.
1: But anyway, back to the women's yeah. rumble. They had NXT talent. Rhea came in at one.
0: Yeah. This one was tough. There was things I liked within it, and I felt like we just kept going towards getting Rhea to win. But yeah. my problem with Rhea winning is I felt like I'm gonna end up with a match I didn't want. And with Liv winning, I felt like we could have a moment that would be special. And so I kept rooting for Liv. With Rhea, especially on Raw, challenging Charlotte. I'm not even. Look, I, I could be there live and I know that I'm walking away. Hey, this is a good time to break away. I have zero desire to see Rhea and Charlotte in a ring together. And that's Me. And I know a lot of people think that that's the match and that'll be the match of the night and it's going to blow away everybody. And there's a lot of people who think those are the two, those are, you know, 1A and 1B. But that's just not me. For yeah. me, I've seen Rhea and Charlotte in two other matches together and didn't care for them. I think Rhea's amazing. I think Charlotte does what she does. Uh, let's see, in the chat, Blue Boyd says, I feel like a lot of people are done with a champ live. Which is very possible. And says, "Uh, but they love regular No belt Liv. Live." I do think that's true that there's that people still like Liv as she is. But I think that the kids Gabe said this when we were watching live. Well, it'll be nice for Rhea because she'll finally get her WrestleMania moment. I says she won the fucking world championship off of yeah. Asuka last year. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean her yeah. WrestleMania moment? Bailey's yeah. lost every match she's had a Manium, except yeah. for the first one because yeah. she got her moment. Bailey yeah. was the first woman to ever retain a championship in the mania. Yeah. She did it. So now she can give back. Sasha's never wanted a mania except for this last time where the she won the titles, tag yeah. champions with Naomi.
1: Yeah.
0: Rhea's been doing it. Just people didn't care. Yeah. And that's not a knock on Rhea. Rhea's great. It's a knock on a lot of the build around it. So this is just another time where you shoehorn Rhea in and you're told to care where she doesn't build herself to it in quite the same way. So I don't know that it's going to connect the same way. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Charlotte matches to begin with. Yeah. What I wanted from Liv was for Liv to have that big moment. For Liv to say, I beat Charlotte Flair like a Carmella would say, for a title with the fireworks. Now, if Rhea beat Charlotte, and she probably will, okay, she won again at Mania. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean... I. I'm with you on some of it. Um, what I'll say is I don't think Rhea had a character this strong heading into a mania. True. I don't think Rhea has been this, this particular wrestler. Cause I, I mean, I, I don't have to repeat what I've said about Rhea for the last four years. I, I love Rhea. I think she is incredible. um, You know, her win against Asuka at the... So she loses in the pandemic mania. She wins it the next year, and it's been a dud ever since. Ray in Judgment Day has completely revitalized her, has given her strength, allowed her to be herself. I think a win over Charlotte doesn't matter. I think a win for the title and a strong character afterwards is what matters. But... The fact I was a little surprised that you didn't enjoy the promo on Raw because she made it a point to tie it into how Charlotte broke her after that WrestleMania where she she added that line as a dismissive line because she's not even thinking that way anymore. So I'm fully on board with Rea's directive to Charlotte because she because Raya's character sees it as her opportunity to correct the mistakes of the past. Yeah. With all that being said, I will not be that wrestling fan that dismisses the fact that Rhea was speared by Beth Phoenix before the Rumble even started, came in at one, and won the Rumble. That diminishes either the effect of Beth Phoenix's spear or the entire women's division. And that she did I had sell a it the whole time
0: Yes, she was selling the ribs even as she came out, and I thought that was cool. It does, I think what they think it does is build Rhea as a incredibly strong person.
1: So then right? why would you want to see Rhea versus Beth? If Beth can spear me and I'll go beat 30 other people. Why would I want to see that match now?
0: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't immediate, but yeah. To I mean, the point... only legend in this one, we had only go two ahead. legends in both rumbles. We had Booker T yeah. in the first one and Michelle McCool in the second. Couldn't have put a Lundra blaze on there. Come on. <laughs> 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 there's um
1: there's a sequence in this rumble that I would like to express to the IWC. Okay. So us, me and you, uh, we are really big Piper supporters. We have been for a long, long time. Yep. And there was a sequence here where Oscar came out, Piper Niven came out and then Chelsea green came out in a row. Well, Tamina, then Chelsea. Tamina, than Chelsea. Apologies. Oscar's music hits. The crowd goes fucking bananas. Yep. Piper's music hits. The graphic comes up with the name and there's silence. Yeah. Tamina comes out. A little bit of something. I even forgot. Apologies. Chelsea Green comes out and the plout, place goes fucking bananas. The whole time dewdrop existed, on Raw. There was complaints. Why isn't she Piper? Why isn't she Viper? I, I refuse to call her Dewdrop. All this shit. If Dewdrop hit with the sparkle noises and came out with the hands up, you get a crowd reaction because yeah. people know who Dewdrop is. Guess what? People don't know who Piper Niven is. That's why we had Dewdrop. And I am a fucking Piper fan. From the second yeah. I saw her in the very first May Young Classic, I go, This girl is something different. She is a yeah. wrestler on so many other levels that other women just aren't, and her appearance doesn't get in her way. You know, it's that Yokozuna effect. Why does this per- Why does this athlete move this way? She's yeah. incredible.
0: She kind of reminds me of like a women's uh, Bam Bam.
1: Yes, yes, even better example. Yep, even better example. You know, and she showed it in the Rumble, and commentary put her over, and the way I loved Pat McAfee and um, uh, Corey Graves going back and forth with the dewdrop punch, trying to fit it in, and all that. But that's why she was do because people don't know who Piper Niven is. Mm-hmm. Now that we have her, okay. But to that story, thousand people that were there, the fifty one thousand people who were there. They didn't know who Piper Niven was, and that's a problem.
0: Yeah, they knew it
1: who Green was, and she hasn't been on Raw. She hasn't been on WWE TV in fucking how long?
0: Yeah, she, she was only on, on SmackDown Raw. like one or two. Right?
1: I thought it was one match on Raw where she broke her arm and then was gone. Or maybe I it was on SmackDown, down. but
0: maybe it was Raw. Yeah. I don't fucking know. She had
1: the one match, broke her arm, and then she's been gone for five years, and now she's back, and people fucking went bananas.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: a problem. That's why she was dewdrop. So there you go. But now she's Piper Niven, and we could all move on?
2: Got it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we can all move on, and there's no story to it. Like, I do like when you see evolutions of stuff, and this was just like, I'm Piper now. I do think it was a clever way to do it, though. You have the rumble, so you're kind of going, okay, let's reintroduce DoDrop as Piper. Let's reintroduce Asuka... Uh, with a Kana uh yes. background. Let's let's bring back um fucking Nia Jax. Let's bring back Chelsea Green. Let's introduce the world to Roxanne Perez. Yeah, I thought
1: they let's, did a good job with all that. I I even wrote mm-hmm. it down that that this Rumble was well done. To your point, there's no real story that came out of it, and that might be yeah. what the disconnect was for you. Is that the yeah. men's Rumble had this nice. All these nice things where even like you said about Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, how you saw their evolution, the tag team of them being a team just in the rumble itself. So not really having any continuity in the women's rumble. um, I can see that because even I mean, what what uh, rivals did Rhea
0: have there? You know? Yep. I don't remember any stories coming out of it that would be cool for Rhea. I watched it twice and didn't realize Shotzi was in it until I saw some pictures today. I went, Shotzi wasn't in it. And then I saw pictures of her in there, and I went, oh. Shotzi and how do you bring, it.
1: she brought the tank out, made it like 10 feet down, and then stopped. Take the tank the whole way. Go the Live the way. gimmick. Get us all on board.
0: Uh, Indy came out to a little no fanfare. I just feel like this could have been cooler. But I feel like, I mean, I can't really complain about how they did it either. There's something that just wasn't right. Didn't connect. Yeah, it I just like story.
1: Was. I thought the Ray and Roxanne spot to your point about Roxanne Perez, I thought when Ray and Roxanne did the spot, I just I go, Ray is fucking amazing. The yep. way she allows wrestlers to use her platform, like her base, her sitting base to do whatever they need. Again, that's why I don't like Charlotte. Charlotte doesn't allow her opponents to use her as a vessel to tell their own story. The mm-hmm. way Ray allowed Roxanne to show her athleticism more than once was fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean Nikki Cross was Final Four, and I barely remember her in it. And I feel like yeah. that Nikki should be on an Uprise, you know? Yeah, I love well, that. that we got and that's this crazy, Oscar though. Yeah, yeah. And it, <laughs> the
1: way she, uh, the way Oscar portrayed herself on uh, on Raw too, was uh, was great. Oh, and speaking of, speaking of Oscar on Raw, that was that was my disappointment about the women's rumble. No Ronda as a surprise. comeback to come kick some ass. Um, no. Um, who was the other one before I say the, the one that I want to, um, Naomi, Naomi. Yeah. Ronda and Naomi were the two that I was really hoping for, but the one for sure, for sure that we all would have loved on this show is, is who we got on Monday. And, uh, I'm glad Carmella's back. It was yep. great to see her back. I'm glad she's. I mean, she wouldn't be on TV if she wasn't mentally prepared to go for it. But a fucking Carmella in the Rumble? Come on, we couldn't. We couldn't have the
0: moment. Yeah. I mean, Zaylee looked like a badass too, but she still keeps jobbing out. Uh, yeah. I guess let's talk Raw before we talk Roman and Kevin Owens because uh, that just was the biggest thing of the of the fucking month watching raw reminded me more than anything of the misses of the rumble. Why would you bring out Boogs here? Why would you bring out Carmella here? Why'd you bring back Nia Jax there? Why'd you bring out Charlotte, Chelsea green to be tossed right the fuck out? Yeah. You know, why wasn't Bronson in it? Why? Like it was just like moment after moment and bit after bit that made you go. Yeah, I guess the rumble could have been better. Like that was such a weak introduction for Boogs. Yeah. And you know what it did for me too? Watching Boogs goof around. Oh, no Nakamura latch. too. No that was Nakamura. Another, another miss
1: from uh from Rumble. I, I wanted to see Nakamura back. Yeah. But go
0: ahead. Who did Boogs even fight? Because it was some stupid it was was it was it Mustafa?
1: Um, I don't remember. I actually got turned on Raw when, uh, when Boogs was in the back. So it was after the match.
0: The Miz. Miz was Miz. bitching and and Boogs comes out. And then he just was out there goofing off, looking like a jackass. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And Blue Boyd even says it. I couldn't watch Boogs with Street Profits promo. It was just too much screaming. It was. I had to lower the volume. Yeah. They're just trying to out-scream each other. And that's not entertaining or funny to me at all. Right. The Becky Bailey stuff was fine. That was cool. Bronson against Dolph Ziggler. I was like, okay. Here's the other thing is that they started the elimination chamber matches to qualify for the elimination chamber before we knew what it was for. Yeah. yeah. After the first match, which was uh, Seth and Gable, they go, oh, it's for the U.S. title. And then we have a segment later with MVP where he talks to Theory about the U.S. title being in the thing. Yeah. Yeah. This undermines the Elimination Chamber to me. You have a women's Elimination Chamber for a number one contender spot to go to Mania. And then you have the U.S. title up for grabs Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Okay. It was even funny to me that on commentary, Corey says, winning the Elimination Chamber match for the U.S. title all but guarantees you a spot at WrestleMania. And I literally laughed out loud (laughs) and I was like the intercontinental championship hasn't been defended on the last four manias. Yeah. You know, the U S title barely makes an appearance if it does at all. This is actually the anti WrestleMania build. This raw felt so disconnected to what I just saw. It felt like trying to shotgun elimination chamber and forgot about everything he had just done. And I was like, okay, so now we have Cody with Dominic for why." We have an elimination chamber building for the United States Championship, but for why? Even that didn't make sense. Because it's not like theory has gone through opponent after opponent after opponent and defended it time and time again. He's defended it twice. And against the same people. The same people. Yeah. So what are we trying to build for? The fact that Gargano beat Corbin. Like, fuck off, dude. Right. There was so much in this Raw that made me go like, this is really making me not give a shit about elimination chamber more than anything. And it just yeah, reminds like me of the things that it's I missed. The stuff in-
1: they, it's the stuff they want to get away or get out the way. Um, you know, the number one contender for Bianca's cool, I guess. Um, but I want to see Bianca in something meaningful. I want her to build a story heading into WrestleMania, not let's say Nikki wins. And then Bianca's like, okay, you know, uh Nikki, I see you. You got talent, but you're not the EST. It's going to be the same promo over yeah. and over and over again. It's going to be flat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This raw was it was weird cuz in a way it was like a fine raw, but it felt so flat to me. I was yeah. everything that was happening, I was kept going like, "What?" Like coming out of Rumble, I was so fucking I couldn't sleep. I was so excited for Mania. And then coming off of Raw, I was like, I don't even want to finish this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, and that's that's the disconnect. And a, and a problem I have with some of the things of the fallout from the main event of uh, Rumble is that the story doesn't get told until SmackDown.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so Raw is kind of in the way of what we want to hear because the story that's happening is a SmackDown story.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's true, too. All this felt like we're, we're not talking about Sammy. They barely mentioned any of it. No, this felt like a big elephant in the room episode of raw where you go. Okay. The hottest story in your whole fucking company. I've got to wait a week. Right. All right. Right. What are you going to fill time with? Yeah. And what are you going to set? What are you filling your time with? And then it was this stuff. And you're like, okay, so it's some fucking Chelsea green bullshit. Right. Like, look, Chelsea green's fine. But why do I give a fuck about Chelsea green? She showed up twice injured both times and then was gone and then she did right. a bunch of, of valet work on the indies she had a couple matches
1: and most most of it risque to to pop the the indie scene you yeah. know to 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 get the clicks to get the likes you know uh, yeah. which is fine just, i mean get your name out there but yeah i, I agree with you and now I, I was more hooked into what was happening with with the roman stuff of course like, cause Jay posted online and, and Sammy posted online and I'm sorry, but I just watched you do something epic. Mm-hmm. Show me like show me on TV. And the fact that we got to wait till Friday, it actually them posting online, like takes the sting away from the story that they can actually tell.
0: Yeah. It was a, a big elephant in the room episode of raw. So Let's at least finish on a positive note and talk about the end of Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Fucking great match. I know Roman was pretty dominant most of it. KO got some offense in for sure. Because KO's a f- fighter. But so much of this story was just the look on Sammy's face during the whole match. The real story happens after. KO loses clean. Paul Heyman happens to have several handcuffs in his pocket because he's Paul Heyman. Why would he not? True. They handcuff KO to the to the ropes and they start super kicking him. And KO sold this so good. He wasn't like overly fighting. He wasn't overly dramatic. He just was like accepting that Yeah. Yeah. This is what's gonna happen. I can't. What can I do? You know? Roman grabs a chair. And goes to swing at Kevin's face. This is how detailed I think that it got. I don't even know if Sammy did it on purpose. But the way he slides in front of him. And kind of like. Blades himself. Two hands out. You don't need to do this. That's a defensive maneuver. In like self-defense courses and stuff. They'll teach you to stand. I mean even fighting. The reason that people stand with one foot behind them. Is to.
1: Make a smaller target.
0: target. Yeah. Yeah. Minimize your target. So he steps in sideways, hands up, but one back. This is very defensive because it was like, I may take the hit. Yeah. But maybe I can minimize my hit because he can't minimize his. Right. And it was, you don't need to do this. You're better than this. He's already done. That, even that little bit had me like, oh, because he could have stood in front of him like, no, no, no. But he didn't. He stood in front of him like, Do oh, the cartoon fuck.
1: thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He legitimized the moment that way, for sure.
0: Yes. Because they're fighters. They're all fighters. So slide in and like, ooh, no, 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 no. Right? And try to appeal to him. The look on his face, like, you don't need to do this. You're better than this. And it was like, you're right. You should do it. Dude, this whole breakdown was incredible the crowd going fucking berserk when Roman turns his back on Sammy for like the third time and Sammy just lays into his back the way that Jay just stares at him for a second. And then when Sammy looks at him, he's like, I'm sorry. Like appealing to Jay more than anyone. Yeah. And Jay just getting so mad. He's punching his own hand. Like, how could you do this? Jay just being absolutely destroyed by this, going to the corner, them jumping on Sammy. Cause you can't get away with that stuff. Yeah. Right. When they look at Jay and say, do it, get in there. And he just drops and rolls out the way he looks back at Roman was that way. We haven't seen him look at Roman since hell in a cell three years ago, looking at him. Like, why do you push people so far? Yes. You made this happen. Yes, all of that was in his face. Just this, how dare you, Roman? When you you have people loyal and you push them too far, and he's walking away, hands in his in his face, because he's like, fuck, he doesn't know what to do. The fact that Jay Uso is torn between Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, and Jimmy Uso. That that's where he's torn is incredible. That look on Roman. But then they just start beating on Sammy, the crowd chanting, fuck you, Roman. Sammy and Kevin both standing there, or just laying there in heaps as Roman throws the little flowers from the lay on top of him, which is the same lay he pulled away from Jay when he tried to crown it on Sammy. No, 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 no. Dude, this was fucking crazy and intense. And as soon as Sammy hit him, the crowd got so loud. The audio distorted. It was so loud the mics couldn't yeah. pick it up right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like cut out a bit. Yeah. I tell you, I what another thing too like towards the end of it, uh Jimmy made sure to kick KO one more time, you know, to keep him incapacitated to mm-hmm. prevent that fight from happening. They did a fantastic job laying it all out. Um, the tension was high the whole time, and the one the one complaint I have with the particular segment is is Sammy not taking any forward action? So, like, it looked like he was against the moment the whole time. You know what I mean? Like the only thing he did to help prevent it was tell KO to stay down right during the, the match. match. But in the ring, he could have been part of the offense of the bloodline to say he was at least a part of something, but he basically showed he wasn't a part of any of the stuff happening to KO. Cause like he, he low blows KO and uh, gives him the haluva kick at uh, uh, war games. But he he he's drawing the line here, yeah. You know he was willing to beat him up, you know, two weeks ago. But he's drawing the line here. Why yeah. are you drawing the line here? Because he wasn't pushed to that point a- in this moment. No, you know because I mean? this so, is
0: the this is the too far. That's why it was not here. Because at war far, games he was supposed to end it. He wanted it over. Even Kevin said, "I'm done with you," and they kept. But he wasn't Sam. done with he the bloodline. Right. But that's when they force Sammy and KO to have a match. And then Sammy tries to finish it off and they interrupt then. And at this point, we've gone too far. Like he keeps trying to put Kevin down, but he can't put Kevin down. And in this moment, what are we doing? This is just too much. Because at the end of the day, yeah, this is my bloodline, whatever. But there's still that 20-year history between the two of them. Like, look, I don't want him hurt. I just want him out of our way. Right. I mean, this was this was the line, and that's what that's what I felt the whole time was that this was the final, just finish this and get it over with, so we can move on. Just get him out of the way, and then this was like, no, no, no. We want to hurt him. We want to injure him. We want to make it hard for him to hold his kids, and this was that line for Sammy, where it's like, you don't need to go that far, right? You know,
1: right? Yeah, i I I thought it was I thought it was incredibly well done in the overall. I would have liked to seen Sammy a little bit more supportive. That's all. Um, but I, I hear you there. There was a little bit more emotion to it. Now with the, with the ending of it all, I agree with you on the J stuff. And I think a lot of people are, are being disconnected with the J stuff. This, as much as this is about Sammy, it's not really about Sammy. It's always been about the bloodline itself. The, mm-hmm. you know, cause it could have been Sammy. They could have brought in Sammy and, uh, and K.O. And K.O. caused the same type of dissension, and they would think that K.O. broke them up, but they didn't. It's Roman's leadership. It's how he treats his people. That's, that was the whole problem with Jay in the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. Jimmy telling Jay, like, yo, you let him treat you this way? What are you doing? That's not how you treat family. You know what I mean? So it's always been about Roman and his his unchecked arrogance. His mm-hmm. unchecked determination to be the best of the best and have everything in order. That uncheckedness, Jay's had enough where mm. he, like you said, he he pushed Sammy to hitting him. And how am I gonna beat up Sammy for you punching him in the face, basically punching him in the face to make him do something that he shouldn't?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Jay was also a part of the beatdown of KO. So if he gave Jay the chair, would Jay have been willing to hit KO? You know what I mean? So that that's where I was a little bit confused.
0: Jay, I don't, Did Jay hit Sammy? Or no. He didn't hit Sammy. He hit KO, though. Yeah.
1: He hit KO. Yes, he was part of the beatdown on KO. He was part of the handcuffing. He was part of that secondary action. So,
0: Because I think in he... that case, Jay's in the moment. Hey, we're beating this guy down. We got to beat him down. And when Sammy stands up and says, this isn't right, jay second guesses himself
1: i see that but what am i lost in... that. you know what i'm saying like we didn't see that part so maybe maybe that's something we could have seen a little bit more of because when sammy hits roman the explosion of jay and his feelings for the bloodline he did the work to get sammy trusted uh he did the work to prove to roman and it's there's more to tell there's more to tell there and that's my problem with you know jay saying blood out on instagram and sammy putting the uh the fully wrapped pictures of the bloodline at the curb uh which i think is important because if he was fully in the bloodline he would have had those out of the wrapper and on the wall um mm-hmm. but jay saying blood out and or I'm out with the blood. You know, I. the last time we saw Sammy and Jay wrestle, uh, they became, they retained the tag championships. So the fact that the two of them are stepping away from the bloodline, do they still have the titles? Technically, they should, right? The two of them should be holding the titles the next time we see them on TV.
2: Because yeah.
1: they left TV with those titles. So, you know, th- how does this look? And I wanted to see that play out on TV before we saw anything online. And because yeah. we don't get that until Friday, that's a huge misstep in allowing that to take place.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. For me. Yeah. Because
1: technically Sammy and Jay should be, should be the tag title holders. They won the last tag championship match. Correct. Cause Jimmy and Jay haven't wrestled since. Right.
0: Yes, yeah. The last tag championship um, retention was Sammy and Jay, Thanks. which I all think was big. So I don't know where we go with it necessarily, because there seems like a lot to do with it. But like you said, Jimmy and and or Jay and Roman might be the the real story. Although everyone wants it to be Sammy, I could also see Sammy and Roman where Jay interferes. A thousand percent. One. Th-
1: thousand percent one thousand percent
0: and this the importance of this i mean i was losing my shit here posted online i don't i don't see how cody makes himself more important than this yep this is the biggest roadblock for cody because this is everything this is three years coming People said in the hell in a cell against Jay fucking three years ago, Jay's gonna be the one to take down Roman, yep, and then right here is that moment where everyone wants it to be Sammy. If Jay even helps Cody win, it's not going to mean as much
1: at all and here's the thing i think I think the right move here is is Roman versus Sammy at WrestleMania and Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania mm that's where this is headed that's where this is headed how can how can jay walk away from that ring and not stand next to his brother he walked away because of what happened to someone because jay says it i called you my brother and then he gets out the ring instead of actually standing next to his brother so the only two left strong in the bloodline with the outskirts being jay and sammy is jimmy and Roman.
0: And you could do solo KO again, yeah. Not even necessarily in a one on one, but you could have Sammy versus Roman with Solo and KO on the outside, right? Or just Solo on the outside until KO comes out and takes out Solo, something like that. Yeah, and you and know?
1: um, you know, a, a good um, a good wrestling follow on Twitter had put out there, you know, his list for, for Mania, and I said you're forgetting Sammy or you're forgetting uh, Jimmy versus Jay and KO versus Solo. Because I do think it's headed there. Because mm-hmm. Roman versus Sammy is the move. And that's that's what they've been doing, right? That's what the bloodline has been doing. This this whole story with Sammy and Roman to this point, the biggest arc of it, the climax, or the apex, I should say. The apex was at Survivor Series. That was that was two and a half months ago. Another two and a half months is WrestleMania. We can now get to the climax of the story at WrestleMania. And, and I, this isn't even a dig on Cody. This is just paying attention to the story. If that story builds us there, and hey, maybe this is the whole thing about Roman having two titles. If he had just the one, Cody can pick Bobby Lashley. You get Cody versus Bobby Lashley. Cody gets his moment, all that shit. And we still get the beautiful story that the bloodline's been telling for the last three years. And then we can get the, the, the climax of the Sammy portion. Jay beats Jimmy. Roman beats Sammy. Jay comes out to stop Roman from bloodying up Sammy. And now we get Jay versus Roman all the way to SummerSlam. Like that's how you can lay this out to, to give us the bloodline story. Um, And that's just not quite what we have. So, um, you know, all in all it's yes, it's, it's even, it's so good. It's bigger than Sammy. Yeah. The Sammy part is fucking amazing because Sammy's doing incredible too.
0: And this feels like, I've seen other people equate it similarly, but I feel like there's just such an honesty in Sammy's rise. The last rise we've seen that's been that organic and slow was Daniel Bryan. Like, you got the whole crowd in every arena chanting Sammy instead of Roman. Acknowledge me, and they're chanting Sammy. If you want Sammy in the bloodlines, Throw the ones up to the air, and the whole crowd responds. Right. Sammy hits Roman, and the crowd explodes so loud the mics cut. Like, because all they want is Sammy on top.
1: I I'll say I'll say this actually feels as organic as the man. Yes, and yes. with with the length of time, because I looking back on the Daniel Bryan stuff, that was that was more rumble to mania and this this has been a bigger stretch of time kind of like the man was um and I, think, I think daniel bryan was a couple year,
0: was a couple years long if you really if you really go back and break it going down.
1: back to the seamus at mania
0: yeah gotcha okay yeah yeah.
1: well okay yeah. so well but, but all things but considered yeah, yeah. you're you are correct they are but you are talking same.
0: daniel bryan the man and Sami Zayn. that's the same breath
1: yeah yeah and and the organic crowd re- reaction with the um not a, uh, the the truthfulness in the response this isn't irony this is mm-hmm. it was organically built but it's natural it's a natural reaction and it turned the entire bloodline from why are you on tv to being baby faces too to your point that chair mm-hmm. hits yeah The bloodline is heels again. The Mm -hmm. fuck you Roman chants for... Roman got hit with the chair, beat up the guy that hit him with a chair, and he's the bad guy? Not the one that hit him with a chair? You know, like, in that context, that fuck you Roman chant is just as organic as the whole crowd chanting Usi, which will never be chanted again, because that's for Sammy. It's incredible. They did it, they did a fantastic job. And it to be like you said, to be interrupted in that roads block, hey, maybe we get two nights of Roman. Cody gets his moment and uh and Sammy gets his. Maybe.
0: My only problem with that, because man, do I want that so bad. I want Cody standing at the end of the Romania night one holding up that title. I want Sammy holding up the Universal Night Two. I want that so bad. No matter what you do. If Roman takes a loss night one, whoever beats him night two is beating a less than Roman. Roman is so special right now and so protected that his first loss is massive. Yeah. And whoever beats him second is just the guy who beat him second.
2: Yeah.
0: And I don't know if I think Cody or Sammy either deserve that second spot. You know what I mean? Like they both need that moment, and I think you've really put themselves in a predicament. Which is why I was kind of hoping they would do something clever with Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I was really but hoping it, they would do yeah. something like strip them of one of those titles. Just fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's not ideal, but we gotta have a championship and See, give someone you know, a big win at, at Elimination Chamber. But you no, know,
1: Brock. Brock last year won the Rumble and then got the title in Elimination Chamber, and that's how we got the unified. Yeah, it would have been a better situation because I just thought of it on the fly. Since you said that, do the elimination chamber, have Cody in there for the vacant title, lose, but tell the story to who it is that he lost to. And then that's your story heading into mania. I thought I was going to get the title here, but I tell you what, I have my rumble chip. I'm cashing in on you in mania, whoever Mm. that may be. And tell that story, even uh, honestly, Honestly, that's the best way to get a fourth match with Seth. Have Seth win the Elimination Chamber with the title. And then you have, I beat you three times. I got the Rumble cash in. You screwed me over at Elimination Chamber. Me and you, WrestleMania, once and for all. Done. And guess what? I would want Cody to win that match.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And I would trust that it would be a great match. And I would trust that they could tell that story because that story is there to tell. And it's different than... My dad didn't win this title. I'm going after it. It's Seth fucked me over. I'm getting that title, not just for my dad, but because you're a dick. And it, yeah. I mean, the story writes itself. That's why I don't fantasy book. Cause that was fucking way better than what we're seeing now.
0: I think we have such a Cody problem. To tell you. you know what I mean? And it's not, it's not for lack of wanting it. Like, honestly, like I love yeah. Cody. But I've been a Sami Zayn dude since the day I saw him. Like, when I got back into wrestling, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you right now, this current era, when I got into wrestling, or back into wrestling, I should say it was like, what, 2016, 2017? Because I'd stepped away for quite some time. Right away, I connected to Bailey, Becky, Sami. Those are my top three. And I've got trading cards to prove it, because I got these old <laughs> fucking trading cards of everything that they had at the time. i showed it on this
1: show man that one of the first shirts i got was that sammy nxt it has the nxt tag on it for sammy underdog from the underground that's the one of the first wrestling shirts i got I i hear you brother i'm with you
0: yeah and to see it all culminate at this point and to be able to go back because i have gone back and seen stuff with ko ks at the time generico to see the stuff Sammy and KO were doing in NXT before, like I've gone back and rewatched so much of it and said, yeah, these are my guys. This is them. Yeah. To see them at this point where you're like, these two were never supposed to be these guys. Yeah. Never. I know KO has talked about it in the past and he's um, dismissed it as less than, than people say. And the story's gotten bigger than it was. Right. But like, KO used to wrestle in like a wrestling singlet and he didn't like yeah. it. And he it like, didn't feel like him. And he put on a t-shirt and shorts and goes, this feels like me. And punk gave him shit for it in the back. And he was even saying at the time, and he says, even now he's like, I'm sure it was just, you know, his opinion at the time and how he felt. And yeah, I'm sure I would have felt similar and all this stuff. And he's been very forgiving of punk in those moments. But to be told off by punk in the back, and then to be where he is today, where Punk is today, for Generico to be told he's undersized and doesn't talk well, so do the fucking mask thing and say Olay. And yeah. to see that we're coming to a point where WrestleMania has more top draws than I think they know what to do with.
1: You know, and, and those Would two put... specifically, uh, Jim Cornette was a, a big proponent of them being put in that box saying that KO would never be a uh a main card draw and generico would never wrestle without a mask. Um, you know, two guys that I don't revere but are incredibly revered in the wrestling industry between Punk and Cornette could make or break careers. Um well, these guys Cornette- have risen above that by being themselves.
0: Cornet wanted generico out of the mask, actually. He's talked about that before he didn't like them or working with them because he said they were annoying and prima donnas and wanted this and that. And the other thing and wanted to do everything they could, but he never liked the generical character and said, take off. Oh, the mask That's right. He talk. never liked
1: the gimmick. You're right. You're right. Yeah,
0: you're right. Uh, you're right. And so it's funny to him now that it's all like, take off the fucking mask and just talk. And then to see that he's maybe the best talker in the whole fucking industry. Yeah. Like he's talked people into this. You want to talk about talking yeah. people into an arena. People talk about Michael Hayes, how he could talk people into an arena. Sami Zayn's talked himself to the top of the card of WrestleMania. Right. Talked himself there. Right. His matches haven't done it. He's barely wrestled. His matches. Exactly. He's barely wrestled. I love wrestled. his matches, but he's barely yes. wrestled. Yes. Between facial expressions and talk alone, he's got people to say Sami Zayn should take down. The 900-day reigning champion of Roman Reigns, cousin to Rock, like he talked himself into that position. That's fucking yeah. incredible, man. Yeah. And here's the deal: Who do you want in the main event? Do you want it to be main event Jey Uso? Do you want it to be Roman Reigns? Do you want it to be Kevin Owens? Do you want it to be Sami Zayn? Do you want it to be Cody Rhodes? You have too much main event, and we're still building towards Bailey and Becky. Right. We could have. Right. A Who knows what's out- going
1: to happen after Monday?
0: Yeah. It's just, I think Mania this year is going to be fucking cool. I love that The Rock said he won't be ring-ready in time because it's hysterical to me that they're reporting that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I'm so hyped for this Mania. I couldn't be less hyped for this Elimination Chamber.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, because we haven't seen Friday yet. Again, that's, that's the problem with this Bloodline story is that it's taking place on Friday when it honestly... Honestly, fuck everything else. It should have let off Monday because Monday has three hours. You could have spent the first hour just dealing with the bloodline fallout and then letting everything else play out afterwards. But did yeah. not have our palate cleansed from that. Not that I'm going to be exhausted by Friday, but I'm not going to be, at, like you said, at the same level after Royal
0: Rumble that I was. Um, right. You know. And what did we get out yeah. of Rum- out of raw? We got Other. Cody saying still here, still doing right. my thing. You have Beth Phoenix going, Yep, I'm gonna replay what I did on Saturday. And you had a bunch of elimination chamber matches for a match against Theory. And you yeah. go, What are we building to? Right. Do you not realize you just had the biggest moment in a decade on TV two days ago? Yeah. Do I start drawing? I started drawing that moment. Sammy hitting Roman and Roman looking like shocked and confused and in pain. And just the shitty sketch outline of what I want to do. Got so much fucking <laughs> play online. And I'm like, I hate Twitter so bad. <laughs> so I don't get it because I know I'm going to finish it. how big it. moment is, man. It is that big. I know I'm going to finish the drawing. And it's going to be to what I think is going to be so cool. And it's going to get like two likes.
1: Look, the sketch is incredible, dude. Whatever you're doing and how you're doing it, it looks fantastic. So um, I'm sure when you do finalize it, it'll be just fine.
0: We'll see. I'll tag everybody in it. I have a drawing I did of Roman and Paul Heyman a long time ago that I got signed and authenticated by Paul. And I want Roman to sign it so bad. Nice. But there's part of me that thinks that this drawing is going to be so cool that I'm going to want it signed by J, Roman, Sammy, and Paul. And that's going to be like my fucking holy grail. I think you should. I've told you that for years. Get as many of them
1: that that you can get signed, signed, because – having your own photo book of of these cool things but you've expressed you know how you don't want to feel like a mark and stuff but i think now that you're doing these these moments uh that they'll be more appreciated as opposed to like creepy you know why are you drawing me dressed yeah. like that you know
0: <laughs> yeah i mean some of my favorite ones hammerstone signed a drawing i did of him winning the championship displayed with confetti from the night that you provided and i it's amazing. Uh, Suzuki. I couldn't find a cool picture of him or drawing. Right. So I just did one. Right. And he signed it and loved it and wanted a copy. So I gave him one. Nick Gage, same thing. He goes, can I have a copy of this? I was like, I brought two just in case you wanted one. He goes, yeah, I really do. I'm like, okay, cool. Here you go. Like, those moments are special. Yeah. Like, I've got a ton of shamburgers. And I'll never talk shit on shamburger. Because I've got like a hundred, dude. <laughs> like, that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> I have an original Bailey water to paint to canvas that's on my awesome. wall it's an original and I've got fucking Becky signed so many of my I and I love them they're amazing but I feel like those moments where I had Hammerstone and Suzuki and Paul signed these drawings that I did gave me just like a slight glimpse into what he experiences cuz he experiences on a higher level in every right. way right but to be able to sit there and do a painting that someone appreciates or a drawing and have them sign it and love it like there's a feeling there that's really cool and so like yeah um, i don't know this one's going to be cool i think i'm really i'm obsessed with this moment i keep watching it i've watched it probably 6 times the end of that rumble nice and i wasn't even live <laughs> right you know right. what i mean i wasn't i wasn't in there right so yeah i'm excited man i want i want to see what happened how do we get to mania and how, what's it going to look like because i can't figure out who the main event is and who should walk away the champion because i think that we have so many fucking contenders and i don't know it's ever been that way before yeah it's it always looks been pretty like, cut and dry
1: it looks like they're going to skip march again right for a pay-per-view they're doing elimination chamber and then nothing else until mania yep so if if that's the case, man, we're we're on for a fucking ride. And I'll tell you, Friday's gonna tell a lot. You know, if they if they don't give us a glimpse at what closure looks like, then yeah. how do you get away from this Sammy Roman thing in time for Cody? Uh it just doesn't make sense.
0: I thought there was every possibility we get Sammy against the entire bloodline in the elimination chamber.
1: That'd be phenomenal.
0: But That obviously Jay would be a wild card that would fight on Sammy's behalf. Because what if you have Sammy in the beginning with Solo and they're fighting and then Jay comes out and helps Sammy take out Solo and then Jimmy comes out and now you have Jimmy and Jay face to face. Is that six? You got Sammy, Jay, Solo, Jimmy, it's Roman, five Sammy. Did I see Sammy twice?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you would have Roman and the Usos in pods. So that's three. And then you'd have Solo and uh, Sammy. And Sammy so then you would need like ring. KO.
0: So you put KO in there. Yeah.
1: Well, we I think we talked about this on episode one. You put Paul Heyman in there for the sake of putting Paul Heyman in there. That'd be hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I think you could tell a story like that. Sammy starts out with Solo jay comes out takes out solo jimmy comes out and now jay's conflicted and you have jimmy and and sammy fighting while jay just sits on the side just fucking head on his head hands on his head you have ko come out and even the odds you have roman come out and just start decimating people and you have a fucking battle to where it ends up sammy ko or not sammy ko sammy roman Towards the end, and maybe maybe one of the titles is on the line. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Like, maybe I just think just that there's feud. so much you could do. Maybe it's yeah. just a feud. Maybe it's just a fuck you, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's you know? Roman's idea, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. That and be, maybe Jay... Incredible. What if Jay, KO, and Sammy team up three on one against Roman because they've already taken out Jimmy and Solo, and they're able to get Roman out, and literally KO and Jay just laid out. Well, if you
1: honestly, if you did it, you would um. You would leave Jay as the second-to-last to come in, Roman being the last. Jay would come in second-to-last, but Sammy and KO are standing and no one else is. And then yeah. does Jay pick a side? Does Jay throw a punch? Or does Jay find a way to just walk out and leave Roman by himself against Sammy and KO? I mean, Yeah, that's the just kind walks of over to the cage, you open it up. Bishop.
0: Open it up, you know? Yeah. Open it up. Yeah. They open the door and he just walks off not doing this. Yeah, yeah. But at the I mean, same that's... time, does Jay snap because you've driven me to this? I you know? I don't just think saying, he does.
1: Options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I wouldn't think he would do anything to outnumber Roman because he doesn't want he doesn't want to punish Roman. He wants to mm-hmm. it's not about proving Roman wrong, it's about proving Jay correct. Jay wants to stand on his own voice on how he's good enough for what this is. So it's not necessarily because that's that's how these conversations go. Right. When um, when somebody says something, you can either prove them wrong or prove yourself correct. That's why I hate the term agree to disagree. You're not. If we have different takes on it, we can both be correct. You can stand on your point. I can stand on mine. I can go. Yeah, I can see how you get there. Well, what what Jay's trying to do is say, hey, Roman, not only the way you see things is correct. This is how I'm looking at it, too. So he wants to prove himself correct in his own values, his own standing. If he has to use Sammy and KO to beat up Roman to get there too, that's not really how Jay's been operating. Because mm-hmm. Jay wants to prove that him himself, that Jay is an entity, a valuable entity in his own in his own right. That's the, that's where we got main event Jay Uso from. That's where we got the "Which one are you?" promo from. So. You know, I wouldn't see him attacking himself, but I I hear you, man. There's so many different ways this can play out, and every single way
0: is worth main eventing. Yeah. It's insane. And so I'm super excited for SmackDown, but this has made me so underwhelmed for Raw. Yeah. Absolutely. This Raw was so flat given everything that we got. We got a rehash of shit from Rumble. We got uh exclamation point on returns that could have been big dude. I think Boog's coming back in the Rumble would have been 10 times bigger than his coming out against Miz
1: simply simply for the fact that McAfee was on commentary
0: McAfee would have been there to blow it up like this is massive the greatest return of all time yep yep yep. but we had fucking Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves sleeping at the table I'm not <laughs> trying to talk shit on them but still it was just like oh here comes how yeah. great yeah, yep. um, yeah. Carmella coming back kind of flat like that. If she'd come back in the Rumble, the pop would have been huge.
1: Now, I missed some Raw. They announced Carmella, and then we saw her? Yes.
0: They said, That's oh, in the up. Elimination Chamber match. A returning Carmella. Returning Carmella. And then, and then like, a little beat,
1: beat, beat, beat. Then we see her. That's fucked up.
0: Yeah. they put. I lot, clapped. Put I was like, oh, that.
1: Carmella's back. Carmella's back. That's awesome. So I got to pop out of the graphic, and then we see her, and I'm like, Oh.
0: Oh, and she's got brown hair. Yeah, just bring her back, man. Yeah. And talk. she's she's not talking about being the most beautiful woman in all of WWE. She's nope, back she's to the... Mela is money, street talking, trash talking. Staten Island, yep. Yeah,
1: yep. Very weird.
0: I don't know, yeah. man. It's weird to watch your faves struggle while other yeah. other faves are just fucking shining. Yep. <laughs> But you know, it is what it is. I'm really excited about what we're doing with Oscar. Yeah, they,
1: it's like they gave her, they gave her the the Roman treatment. Uh, yep. Here, tell us a story. What do you want to do? Okay, go ahead.
0: Yep, let's do it. Put I'm really on. excited about Bailey and Becky, and I hope that what we get is a grudge match at Mania, Hell in a Cell, Bailey versus Becky, no title on the line, just uh, we're going to end this.
1: Yep, be a great way to. Uh, to start off, night two, yep, it'd be amazing. Yep,
0: and I would consider it dedicated to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited, amped. We the ones. I like. I love the new Sammy Zane shirt. It Says Sammy Uzo with a piece that of was the other tape thing. over it.
1: That was the other thing again. Tell us the story before you do these things. Show us. Sammy shouldn't be able to tweet right now. He shouldn't be able to develop new merch. He got his ass beat. Last we saw him, he was flat out on the mat. Don't show yep. me that he's able to take picture frames to the trash. Don't tell me yep. he was able to get on the phone with merch in less than 24 hours to change the shirt. That's too quick. Tell us the story on TV to get to these points. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't Sammy's idea to get rid of the shirt. It was Roman's. Yeah. So Roman pulled the shirt off. Because even here's, we've seen this time and time again, especially with the bloodline. You get your ass beat, guess what happens the next show? You're apologizing. You're finding a way to get through this. So yes, hitting Roman might be a non-starter. But tell us on TV that this is over. Don't, don't don't do it through merch and through instagram it just it really rubbed me the wrong way especially since everything has played out on tv
0: i do think there's every possibility on smackdown sammy walks out in a sammy uso shirt and kevin owens puts a piece of tape and writes zane on top and puts it over the uso i do then, think that's possible yeah then drop that graphic waited.
1: next week yeah yep.
0: yeah yep exactly wait on it cuz i do think that sometimes they get their merch ahead of their story like um what was it the the There's been car. a few toys. The yeah. Braun car, the, the Braun ambulance. ambulance, the biggie four-wheeler, all yeah. came out before they did it on TV. Yeah. And you go, "Ah, eh, just put them side by side. Like if yeah. you know the toys coming oh, out." Oh, the gender so, motorcycle
1: or gender the motorcycle with the, Drew. The, the McIntyre, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, just do it on TV the Monday before the Friday it's released. Right. Cuz then people go, "Oh shit, they got it out already." And you go, "Okay, well, yeah, obviously they went through right. it a lot." You know, but right. There's a good chance, I think, that on Friday we get a really cool explanation. Because the Honorary Uso shirt was on the shop before the segment. Yeah. Yeah. Because we'd ordered it, and then they did it. And I was like... Because right. I remember saying, for like one one or two weeks, I was all like, why isn't he wearing the Honorary Uso shirt? It's online. I ordered one. Why right. wouldn't he have one? Right. This is so weird. It's so weird. It doesn't make sense. And then they did the whole segment, and you're like, yep, brilliant. They timed it out a little bit better. I have a feeling we're going to have a Sammy Uso shirt who's going to be like, I had this made, and I don't know what to do with it. KO just, you know, <laughs> but we'll see, man. We'll see. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Bishop, I'm excited. You took the time to come have a few drinks with me. Yes. Talk Royal Rumble. You want to tell me where they can find you at?
1: At TV. Take, uh wow. I turned it's it to you one. From, from last episode one. At yeah. TW Takes Podcast on Twitter. Uh, You can try TWTakesPodcast.com. Not quite sure if that's going to be working sometime soon. I fucked that up. But anyway, yeah, just find me on on the old Twitter machine, at TWTakesPodcast.
0: Yep. I'm at Ref Marsh. We're at WOTR, the show. You can find other projects I'm working on. Uh, YouTube.com slash Queen of Carnage for all the work I'm doing with Medusa. YouTube.com slash Pro Wrestling Spotlight for the stuff I'm doing with John Arezzi. Uh Outside of that, WrestlingOnTheRocks.com slash shop for all your merch needs. Got a couple of chats in here real quick. Uh, Blue Blueboard says, Crazy, the producer called the Black Lights. That's funny. We already talked about that. And then a Purple Heart. Um, guys, we're going to be back next week. As we figure out what happens on this SmackDown to see where we're going with Elimination Chamber and Mania right here in the Die Bar of the IWC. We want to thank you guys for coming through and being our drinking buddies today. And we'll be back for a brand new episode one next week. Guys, that's us call. Cheers.
2: Hey producer lady here, thanks for tuning in. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the I and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers. I would never have a drink with resting on the rock.